millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Sunderland drew yesterday 1-1 away at Coventry City. There was 5,000 lads fans there, including me and two of my guests today. Julio, you watched it on the telly. I did, yes. yes. So yeah, I was meant to do a proper introduction, but I've I've blown it now. <laughs> Had it all written, didn't I? Now I've given it away. Everyone knows you're here. Um, but you know, 185 games for Sunderland. You scored 23 goals. Championship team of the year, two years in a row. Uh, promotion in there as well. And a couple of relegations yeah. <laughs> free kick against the Borough which we all remember fondly as well eh? one of a few wins that year and you made your Sunderland debut scored in it in the year 2000 against West Ham midweek game at the Stadium of Light yeah. uh, so he's here the one and only Julio Argueto. Is this where does this rank? <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be here put it that way somewhere around that West Ham goal <laughs> yeah I mean that was obviously a good start you yeah. know, can, can, can ask for a better start than in Europe uh, than scoring on your debut you know yeah uh, we also have James Nichols here as well you'll know any is important but I'll still I'll humour you how are you hello I'm good thank you I'm good yeah, enjoyed yesterday no I'm not for once in a while I got, got a nice early sleep it's good. a good start about a midday kickoff. good but Friday you are on it heavy yeah so we decided <laughs> we, me and my mates have got a 4am train for the game so we thought it would be a good idea to stay out in Newcastle on Friday night and then go straight up to the game <laughs> I guarantee, don't anyone ever do that? It's not a good idea. <laughs> if not for a nice little sleep between Birmingham and Donca- Doncaster and Birmingham, I don't know where I would have been right now. Fair play. Chris Cam, you're here as well. How are you? Yeah, I'm also here. I'm fine. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, just, I didn't have any hangovers or any sort. I'm actually quite healthy at the moment. So <laughs> We all early nightas last night. I was in bed for about 10 o'clock. Just yeah. caught Sunderland on Quest and then I, I sent to sleep. Yeah, I was uh, pretty quiet one bit of FIFA chill out yeah new FIFA love it yeah anyone are you a FIFA player here Julio no with the kids anymore I don't have time to be no. honest uh, by the time they go to bed uh, I probably should uh, spend an hour or two watching TV and that's me done you know yeah. what sort of things uh, do you watch um, a bit of everything um, I love uh, I love what, uh, documentaries um, a bit of Louis Theroux uh, what's that Main BBC Louis guy Louis Theroux does loads of documentaries uh, what, what kind, of, what kind of he does all sorts brothels prisons <laughs> oh, okay. I, swingers I, I mean I, I probably don't recognise him by the name but if you see him I might, I might know <laughs> yeah he's on Netflix um, yeah I mean a sport obviously tennis football uh, I, I go into UFC quite a lot now nice. uh, the last year or so uh, probably more couple of years since uh, McGregor been, been on 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's next week, got, it? Yeah, so looking forward to that. So, yeah, just a bit of everything, to be honest. Yeah, do you still keep track of your former club, Sunderland Borough? I do, yeah. Um, obviously, I'm only 20 minutes away from the stadium. So, so yes, uh, even if you don't watch again, I always get someone to text me saying, oh, look what happened. Oh, yeah, we won today or whatever. Middlesbrough, yeah, still got people there uh, that I know. And and also South Shields, you know, South Shields uh, is not far from my house. So, so yeah, they all kind of connecting to each other. Do you ever keep track with Argentinos Juniors where you started? Um, Argentino Juniors, uh, I mean, I haven't, haven't watched them for a long, long time. Uh, but uh, uh, Argentino Juniors now, they got like a, a UK Twitter now uh, here um, in England. Someone based in England and Idonda. So obviously keep all the fans that, you know, live in UK informed about how things going there. So, yeah, I mean, it's a big clue. It was, it was, you know, an important clue for me to develop my football career. Cool. Okay, well, we'll jump into actually a quick game, Julio. So I'm going to name some people and I want you to say the first word that comes into your head. So pressure. <laughs> how, how, how long do I have? How just, many seconds? Just the first <laughs> word, you know, five seconds maybe. The first one, Kevin Phillips. Great player. Yeah. You can allow two, two three okay. words. Is okay. okay. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Medina. Oh. Technically. Mick McCarthy. Character. Kevin Ball. Tackle. <laughs> Mickey Gray. Party. Alan Shearer. Goal scorer. Oh. That would be injury. <laughs> yeah. no, John Stead. John Stead. Oh, you kill me with that. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> uh, Mark Poom. Excellent person. I'm, I'm a goalkeeper as well, sorry. Uh, Bob Murray. Good chairman. Ellis Short. Not so good. <laughs> uh, last two. Steve Gibson. Very supportive. And Gareth Southgate. Great person and, and manager. So we'll jump into the match. We'll come back to more stuff about your career. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a nice little flavour for what we were going <laughs> forward. Uh, so yesterday we lined up um, with a, a 3-5-2, very clear 3-5-2 it looked yesterday as well. John McLaughlin, Nets, Tom Flanagan, Glenn Leuvens, Jack Baldwin, and then Denver Hume sort of playing left back, left midfield sort of thing. Lee Catamore, Dylan McGill lined up centre mid, Gooch, Honeyman, Maguire behind Josh Madger, and then Leuvens went off after three minutes and was replaced with Adam Matthews. Hume went off injured as well, replaced by Oviedo in the first half, which was poor. But second half, Lee Catamore, uh, who you'll know, who yeah, you? yeah, uh, scored with a, a l- wonderful goal, and I was just in line with it, and it was just beautiful. What a moment! I mean, the moment he appeared in space, it yeah, was just like yeah, yeah. it was like cloud started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they all they all when just clear to him as well. Went past everyone, and it's just, it was like a penalty. Yeah, basically, it was, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but then we just stopped playing after that point. Coventry got back in the game, scored a a good finish, but a poor defensive goal from someone's point of view push for a winner couldn't get it Honeyman missed a chance and then Jack Baldwin saved it forward in the last minute as uh, I think it was Connor Chaplin ran in one on one and got Dale fine so it was a draw first thing really to talk about for me is the injuries so how big a blow is it and I'll throw it at you Nichols to lose three players four technically because Catamull's out as well for Tuesday yeah so I I think the Leuven's one right at the start was huge we needed Leuven's to kind of deal with their big lad up top I mean 
It's just, he's, he's not a physical presence, Leuven's not so much as you expect, but it's his, his experience legs. and his know-how. I love the fact his legs are so long. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's, he doesn't, he kind of, he does that little Gary Neville thing where he knows he's not going to physically try, compete with the player. So he uses his experience, uses his reading the game to get himself in positions where he can compete. And we kind of missed that when he went off. And plus when he went off as well, Ross kind of changed it a little bit. He went more of a, a, a back four. It was kind of the same as usual where it's a little bit of a three, a little bit of a four, but less rigid than we started with, less rigid than last week. I'm just going to push Matthews further wide. When he brings Matthews on, why does he bring Matthews on? Because I'm looking at Oz take. I was thinking yeah. he's going to bring a centre-back on. I questioned that on the way last night and I was thinking it's it's just got to be lack of faith in Oz Turk. Because Oz Turk for Leuven is like flag replacing. Big guy for big guy. Sit in, the, sit in the middle of the three, get covered on either side by your pace and Flanagan and Leuven, uh, Baldwin either side of you. It's just got to be a lack of faith in Ozturk to, to to pull his job off I was thinking and I mean I agree but just to throw like devil's advocate maybe maybe he was thinking that like he's got a big game on Tuesday and he wants to play his preferred formation with the back three mm-hmm. and he didn't risk another injury so he just kept Ozturk on the bench thinking you'll play on Tuesday maybe and maybe that was always the plan to play Ozturk on Tuesday is, and rest Leuven Peterborough's strike force isn't brutish it's not the same type of thing they're, yeah. they're very fast the, the players of Ronan Curtis Ivan Toniola are very fast the good going forward whereas uh, you needed Ozturk on there today to yeah. deal with the physical presence of their big number 9 do you oh, think 18. Julio like that would affect Ozturk's mindset if he gets looked over they could keep the shape but they don't they change it to bring somebody else on do you think that would affect him you know mentally going forward I don't know, possibly. I mean, looking at the game yesterday, the only way Coventry was going to score it was by that big lad playing on yeah. front. You could tell. I mean, they, they they got a big pace on the wings. They got a number 10 that he was, he was a good player. He was trying to find gaps. Uh, but um, I find it strange that, you know, uh, Sunderland, especially playing five in the middle, mm-hmm. didn't put one, one in front of this guy. Uh, yeah, you know definitely. every long ball just put someone in front even if you don't get the ball make life uncomfortable for him you yeah. know because he was the only one trying to hold the ball play wide and then get in the box and I think the um, well the, the the goal was it was a, a misunderstanding between the centre back and the right back you get the ball I get the ball and then yeah. he left his man then someone else took the ball across it it was a bit like sloppy goal you know yeah uh, but you know, apart from that, I saw Sandran did well. You know, he played some good football. Uh, I saw Katemol. Uh, he got a lot in the box. I didn't see him well last. I mean, this season I didn't watch many games, but last season he was too deep all the time. It was just you know, looked like in a comfortable position. Where yesterday I saw him getting in the box, he could have scored another probably one or two goals. You know. Uh, so it's good to see him. Looks fit as well. Um, so, and then again, you know, Sunderland have chances to to win the game, and then in the end, nearly lost it. You know, that one be one. But it's a good point. You know, you know, Coventry looks like a decent team, so it's not a bad point. You know, we saw Lyndon Gooch get injured as well. He carried on, soldiered on. I think that was good character from him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you need to be clever. I mean, uh, I don't know if if the right thing to do is just carry on. Definitely. If you got an issue, what's the point of carry on? You know, I mean, yes, you want to show people how brave you are. Okay, yeah, we get it. But we need you for next week or the week yeah. after. Yeah. <laughs> That's, as, you know, as a manager point of view, should should stop there. You know, it, it, okay, you want to stay, we should stay there. Just sit in the middle of the beach. And then if any ball comes to you, then you do what you can. But uh, 
Now you need to look after your players. You know, it's a league game. It's a it's a long league. Many games you play Saturday, Tuesday. Then you have cup competitions, so you need the majority of your players to be fit. Yeah, Nichols, what did you make of Cooch carrying on? Do you I, think I, it was silly, or do you think it was? I just think it was a poor decision. I don't know who made the decision. If it was Cooch insistent to Ross that he wants to stay on, but Ross has got to just put his foot down and say, "Look, you're going. We're going to take you off, nurse you, get your leg wrapped up in cotton wool, ice, whatever, and just look after you for a much bigger game on Tuesday." And even seeing the physio, the physio was telling him, you know, by the body language. Should come out. Yeah, but they were like, I don't know what happened afterwards. Obviously, I mean, you could but see he wasn't comfortable. No, nah, the game. Yeah. I mean, more. when you have done something like that, that it's no yeah. way back. You know, when you, you feel like a muscle, you pull a muscle. Well, like any of you might have done before, and you pull a muscle, that's it. Yeah, you know, yeah. the more you carry on, the the worse it's gonna get. Simple he's, as that. He's you basically with basically down to ten men already. Just bring yeah. him off and protect the player. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was one sprint in the corner. He chased after a ball, mm-hmm. and that just the whole thing. Yeah, I was like it cringing. Watching really the worst, the worst yeah. part about that was. Uh, he he kind of sprinted off the ball and then stopped halfway and like was shoved like a, a look, go to Matthews or oh, Matthew, you go get the ball and there was like numerous fans around me who were like oh come on lazy lazy shouting a gooch like you're joking yeah. <laughs> he's, he's running with like a pulled like a sort of look yeah. like pulled hammy here just clear yeah. off him man yeah it was it was scary watching him run for the ball he had a chance to score as well I mean he could have even mm. scored with his uh, his leg like that but. Yeah, Denver Hume went off as well, and that's a crying shame for a young player who's just finding his feet at the club. He looked devastated. He had, he'd had a poor game up at that point as well. Yeah, I think he knew it. He sort of he'd been off the pace. He was a little bit, he's a little bit touch was a little bit off. He wasn't making runs properly. He wasn't taking care of the ball, and then he went in for a tackle because obviously he was, you know, he's that type of that type of lad and nasty. Not it looks like that could be if he's if he's okay for Tuesday, then great. But it mm-hmm. looks like the one that he could have gone either way, couldn't it? Like in terms yeah. of how long he'll be out. I thought of you. I mean, we've got a decent replacement over here, though. You can't yeah. decent to knock that, but <laughs> yeah. it is, it's a massive shame for Hume because Hume's like, he's, he's it's, it's, it's interesting because with players, a lot of time, young players will, will be a little bit nervous at first and they'll get, as they get games, they get better and better. But he's kind of came straight in and just stood up and yeah. he's, he's had some really good games. He was man the match against Fleetwood. He's pretty much one, a couple of the best, one of the best performers in against Rochdale and again in his debut. So I've been really impressed with them. It's a bit of a shame that it's gonna it's gonna keep him out, but we don't know what the injury's like. So yeah, Reece James is still fit though, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, so that's fit. we've got plenty of options. Doesn't seem to get much of a look in. Um, it's a shame as well because I, I quite like James. <coughs> he, he played well against, uh, played very well against Gillingham, and was good against Scunthorpe when he came on as well. And against Scunthorpe, he kind of played like left centre back. He played in the in the three. That's the thing. He does look like the type of player like he can play anywhere up that left hand yeah. side. Yeah. But he looks like he can sit in centre half. And if we're doing that back three that Ross likes, mm-hmm. then that's exactly what you need. You need that player yeah. in coming in and out. I mean, there's no detriment to James. He's just not getting game time because Oviedo's a class above, and yeah, Hume's yeah. a good young player. So you want to get him as involved as possible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Oviedo is a good player. I, I was surprised that he stayed. To be honest, I don't uh, think he wanted to. <laughs> I'm no, so I don't know. I don't know if what happened, but uh, yeah, you know, he nearly scored yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a good nah, shot as well. Play. Comfortable, comfortable to play in that league. You know, I'd him. love to see what would happen if he had scored. What the other players would have been like, because obviously he said all the way through the summer, "I want to leave, I want to leave." But he's turned up to train. He's been professional, done his job. Well, the thing the is, team. like you know, as any player, you know, uh, you got a contract to respect. You know. Uh, it just happened to, to many players. Like, okay, you want to leave. You have to respect your contract. And I think in a way, like Endog and Gilly Boshi, they give, by not turning up, they give Sander an excuse, a, a, no excuse, a reason to yeah. say, okay, well, you're not respecting the contract, off you go. So I think Sander mm-hmm. got a strong case now to say, like, well, we yeah. don't pay yeah. anymore. 
Yeah. Where Oviedo, Catemore, you know, yes, Sunday was looking at them because obviously they pay big money for them. Uh, but they turn up, they've been professional, and then they have no reason for Sunday to say, well, we don't want you here. We don't want you here probably because we're paying you too much. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, you've been professional as the others. So, you know, I, I like players like that. You know, even if you don't want to stay, you, should, you need to keep your feet. You know, if you want to go somewhere else, you need to carry on training yeah. and keep yourself yeah. fit. So, how do you think that works with? I mean, we've talked a lot about agents. You know, Stuart Donald's talked about agents. You know, what was your dealings like with your agents? Did they look at moving you on very often? I would suggest not because you seem to stick at two clubs, but was that ever an issue? Well, I mean, depend. Obviously, you got. Uh, uh, now, I think it's, it's easy for players to move, you know. Uh, while I was playing, it was a bit harder. It was more like, if you want to call it respect or I don't know, something like that. But now any player put a transfer request and that's it. Oh, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. The week after he's gone. Yeah. You know, and that's what happened now. If the player wants to go, he'll go. You know, I mean, you see Endong and Jiliboshi. Okay, they, not, they didn't turn up, but they want to leave and they will leave the clue. Yeah. One way or the other, they will leave the clue. So... I mean, Asians are there to obviously help the player and, and get their commission. <laughs> Simple as that, you know. Uh, the more the more transfers they do for you, obviously, the, the more commission they get. Yeah, uh, that's how things work, you know. But obviously, as a player, you dictate what you want to do. Uh, when I was in Sunderland, I remember when I left to go to Middlesbrough. Um, the reason why, obviously, I, I want to leave first of all because I want to play in the Premier League. And secondly, because Sunderland at that time was in a bad position. You know, I remember coming back and, you know, we didn't have a chairman, we didn't have a manager. The club was in a big mess. Uh, so it was a reason for me to say, OK, I want to leave, you know. Some of the players have reasons where I say, well, I'm not playing enough here. I want to go somewhere else to play more. So I want to earn more money somewhere else. So, I mean, every player has different reasons, I guess. When did you get an agent? I was uh, my first Asian. I think I was seventeen. Uh, seventeen when I when I go in the first team in Argentino Juniors. Uh, one of the players there, he um, just told me that. Uh, sorry, when I was younger, when I was fourteen, I have yeah an Asian. They would look after me, but the proper one was at seventeen. And he told me that these people was interesting at that time. These people was managing uh, Riquelme. Uh, Forlan, yeah. uh, they used to well, they work with Maradona for 10 years, so they were a big, big company. Mm. Uh, so I saw, well, if they look after them and they're after me, then why not? And they were the ones to bring me here, uh, to to bring me to Sunderland. So I spent about four or five years with them, a bit more. And then uh, just a couple of things happened, I decided to stay by myself. So when I went to Middlesbrough, um, I work uh, with, a, with a personal lawyer that I have to have a look at the contract. One of my friends that I was an agent helped me out. But uh, then through my career, I basically trying to do everything on my own. That's the good approach. So do you ever have like legal people with you when you want? Well, to I mean, when I went, yeah, when I went to Middlesbrough, yes. You uh, have some people obviously looking at the legal thing, obviously the contract and everything. Uh, and then, yes, you, you get contact by Asians, you know. Um, say, oh, you want to come here, you want to go there. So you can still working with Asians, but you don't have to have them with you all mm -hmm. the time. 
you know, ideally, if you find the right person, you want to carry on with them your whole yeah. career because they look after you, they know what you want, they become your friend. Uh, so, you know, these people that call you every couple of years, they just want you to move, obviously, get, get you what you want and then they get commissioned. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot of money involved now in football, so it's understandable, you know. Right, we're going to bring her back now to the football for yesterday mm -hmm. because that was all meant to be in the second half, but I just couldn't stop it. <laughs> um, Madja Pua yesterday, I thought, uh, he, he just didn't look as interested as normal. He was, yeah, I mean, he, he was definitely... There was something that with a few of them. They, they all seemed a little bit off the off the pace. Like, normally, we're quite good. They read the play, they get around. Madja, there was a couple of times he just didn't even make a run when he should have made the run. You think, was that... Do the system maybe letting him down a bit, like the change of shape, or were the players around him not offering him enough service, or was he just not doing enough to mm. demand service from his teammates? It was a difficult one because you saw Maguire had no trouble getting hold of the yeah. ball and making runs in behind. So what was Madge's issue? I think it has a lot to do with the giant centre back who was stood on his <laughs> shoulders all game. But it's tough because I thought as well throughout the game, um, McGeoch wasn't good enough in terms of getting hold of the ball and starting a move. So you'd see Madge with his back goal, looking for the ball, making himself available. And instead of playing it into his feet and letting him see if he can link up or make a play that way, he'd, they'd hire it with his head and he'd just get fouled or pushed yeah, off it or yeah, whatever. It's, it's behind. tough for him. You know, especially yeah. when, you, when you play against big lads, you don't want to have them next to you. You want to make them run. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he got pace as well, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah I found that. I saw he was a bit static uh, during the game. Yeah, that, uh, somebody didn't try and turn his defender at all. No, that's that's why, I mean, and, and I wasn't the quickest one, but obviously I play with some quick players and they want that ball in behind, you know, especially when they play against big lads. Yeah. And they hate, the, the centre-back hate that, that ball in behind because they have to turn, they have to chase <laughs> them. You know, they want you in front, like, go and tackle you, yeah, you know. Played right into their hands. Yeah, it's, well, it's easy for them. It's more comfortable for them than having you running the channels, I guess. Yeah, I think there was an issue in the build-up as well. I think the way Coventry played, I don't think we, I don't want to say that the players are a bit arrogant, but it's kind of they just didn't expect Coventry to play the way they did. They were playing brilliantly in midfield, like off the ball, running into the space in between, overloading their midfield areas, pressing us, pressing our midfield really high. I think it was Chaplin, the young number 23, blonde lad, had brilliant games in mid, centre midfield. And it kind of stopped a lot of our supply lines from deep. McGeek was very passive. He no, didn't really get on his get his ball on the foot and play it and dictate yeah. play in midfield like you'd expect him to. And because of that, there was just Marja obviously wasn't moving. He was too static, but there was also a problem with the supply to Marja and Maguire up top. In the second half, that wasn't as much of an issue. Maguire kind of shifted a little bit wider, was coming deep more for the ball. That's where the space was, yeah. Yeah, there was spaces spaces started to open up more. And you see us get on the ascent, get on the front foot, and obviously because of that, spaces opened up at the back more. And that's why it was such an end-to-end -end game in the second half. But in the first half, everything was just so stagnant and sterile. Yeah, there was no, there was no like, no effort to actually find space. There was a couple of times Gooch would get it on the on the wing, and mm -hmm. he would maybe break towards the byline. Yeah. But then they would come across quite well and close that down. And what when, what yeah. we should be doing in that situation is that's when you play it back and you play it across quickly and you get it down the other side as fast as you can. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. But instead, we'd just they try and get the way out of the that area that they're yeah. stuck in on the right hand side and. It's not worked at all this season. We do it all the time. We did it against Rochdale at the start of that game, even though we went to win. Mm. amount of times we'd go down one side, get closed off by their defence, and then instead of Switching recycling the ball and yeah. getting down the other side, we'd just... You need to be patient, up. you know, yeah. especially in this league. This league, League One, without obviously disrespecting, you know, anyone, if you got a big quality uh, and you got the players to like work hard as well, you make such a difference. You know, like you're saying, 
you know, if you if you mash, if you're a team that you got the patience to like switch a player from one side to the other two or three times, it, it opened doors everywhere, you know. Uh, and that's what happened, you know. Um, just basic stuff. I know it's sad, it's not easy, but the pitch yesterday was nice. It looked like a big pitch yeah. where he could switch a play, mm -hmm. you know. And he had five players in the middle as well. So yeah, he had players, he had options in there to switch a play. Yeah. That's why uh, I didn't expect. Instead of forcing, 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 you know. Uh, and that's when Madjo might have come into his own because yeah. there was a couple of times, I don't know if it's because power is just much better in midfield than mm -hmm. McGeoch or if it was because they were a bit more tired. But um, there was times where the ball would go down the side, we'd bring it back and power would then fire it straight into Madjo's feet and he would have the chance yeah. to link up and then power would actually make a run into the box, which was a novel when, concept when, for like yeah, most of the first time. When we've had like our success this season has been on big pitches. We've got space to play in around teams. Burton was struggled. Luton was struggled on the ball. Chillingham alone won four one. Actually struggled a lot on the ball. Yeah. And these are small pitches which are quite enclosed, quite cramped, and the space is easy to close down. I expected us to do a lot better, but at Coventry, I thought we would have quite a lot of enjoyment out wide in the areas out wide. And I think part of that is the McGeer problem. We've got a good team. We've got a quality team that are good, got the quality to win this division, but we don't have a League One team. And <laughs> yeah. I, I know that's kind of sounds a bit weird to say, but. This team is not that suited to League One. If you look at Max Power, Max Power is so good for us because he's a proper League One player. He knows the league. He knows exactly what's successful to win this league. He's won it twice. But the thing is, like, if if the players are are more than good for the league, they should be comfortable playing in yeah. the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah, that's why. Like, I, I mean, I sometimes I, I hear some fans say, "Oh, well, we we better in League One." I say, "Okay, yeah, I I know where you're coming from, but you need to win the league." Yeah. You need to get out of the league first. Don't think ahead. Because, I mean, Sunday, if you look at Sunday, with the stadium, with the training around the facilities, of course it's a premiership team, Sunderland. It, it should be there. Mm -hmm. But obviously for reasons that you know, uh, it's not there. So Sunderland at the moment is a league one team. Yeah. And that's how you have to take it. And then from there, you have to obviously climb up again. Uh, they got good players. But um, my only concern is going to be now. Winter is coming. You're gonna play in some not horrible places, but places that you know you're not gonna feel comfortable with. It's like, can you, you know, have the personalities to like go and win games? Because now, obviously, you're playing nice pitches and it's good. But when you know when the winter come and you know you go and play, I don't know, some things away. The change rooms are not great. You know, I've been there. You know, with Sunderland. Uh, I remember, I think it was Brentford. The FA Cup. Uh, yeah. And it was one of the stadiums I always remember because the change room, like they were probably half of this size. <laughs> it was horrible. Uh, but that's, I think they left it like that to make you feel uncomfortable. So when teams go there, I think, you know, first impression is like, and then you go out the pitch and the pitch is sold as well. You know, it's just mentally, it's a battle. Yeah. It's funny that, how it makes a difference. Um, I want to talk a little bit about John McLaughlin. Um, not really goalkeeper experts here, but he made some brilliant saves. I thought yesterday yeah, I mean, just was so much better than what we had last year. It's I like chalk he, and cheese. He like for him personally, he commanded his area a lot better than he has done this season as well. Yeah, like, it was it was, his, it was like a coming out performance for him, yeah, wasn't it? He just was so good. He's definitely a great shot stopper, and we, we saw that against Rochdale as well mm. when he kept us in the game at times. And then obviously a day, well, yesterday rather, he think, saved us. I saw he was also far more aggressive at corners yesterday. Yeah. Like coming out, punching the ball, catching it and stuff. And we've not seen that from him yet. That was the thing that we, we were poor at set pieces when McLaughlin stayed at home because you had centre-halves who were like thinking, probably thinking in the back of their mind, this should be the keeper's ball. They were looking at thinking experienced players, they're sort of half expecting their keeper to come out and McLaughlin wasn't doing anything. And that just, 
creates a bit of uncertainty. And I think you could see it in the way that we defended set pieces for a while. And now McLaughlin's obviously had a word with someone where it's clicked and it's just, he's just he started coming out and taking control a lot more. And the goal against it's, Fleetwood it's worked. when it was a set corner straight in, it was a six yards out. Yeah. Yeah, that was McLaughlin's ball all day. Yeah. And he's obviously he should have claimed that. Yeah, he's obviously sat down with one of the coaches and they've mm-hmm. just pointed at that, going, "Stop doing that! I don't know Come and get it!" And yeah. he's done it. Yeah. So it might be he's that had, simple. He's a big lad, no? He's yeah. what six two, six three. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know why he's not been doing that because McLaughlin's played in the SPL. He's played in League One before. He's played in leagues, but it's all that. Mm-hmm. He's got experience doing that. He knows how to do that. I've seen him do it for Hearts last season. He's really commanding in his box. So I don't know if it's instructions from above him or what. I, I don't understand why he's well, not been six, doing that. As six much. year box. That's uh, that's a that's a keeper's area. Yeah. I always say, unless they obviously the the corner or the free kick is coming with the pace, that is probably hard to come out. You know, any any slow ball out there, especially with the high six foot two. You know, when he jumps, he, he might become a seven foot or more. Yeah. So he, he should win them balls. You know. You you uh, play with like obviously a lot of different yeah. keepers at Sunday. I mean, did you find? I don't want to call out Calvin Davis as being rubbish, but he got a lot of butt flack. <laughs> From some yeah, of the fans, yeah. yeah. Does it make a difference when you've got, say, Mark Poom in there too? Oh, of course, reliable. Yeah. And then there's Calvin Davis. I'm not saying he's a bad keeper, but he, he just it didn't work, you know. And he give you black it give you more security. Uh, I think when when you when you have a free kicks against or corners against, and you know that that keeper will come out mm. and go after the ball, or, or you know, in a way smash people, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, they give you security, you know, because you're not worried that much. If you have a keeper that he come out once and he miss out and then the next one he, he doesn't know what to do then obviously you start getting concerned uh, so yeah definitely I mean when I first came Thomas Sorensen was like that uh, Mark Boom uh, I remember Thomas Meyer as well he was good uh, I saw it was like Jürgen Macho yeah underrated Sunderland Macho Jürgen, yeah he Jürgen, did, but Jürgen he never, he never used to come out that much he was good on the goal mm-hmm. uh, and he was a big lad as well yeah huge uh, he was young as well when he first came. Obviously, he had Thomas Sorensen on front yeah. of him, so he never really played that much. Macho was a brilliant shot stopper yeah. to his credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I remember playing Liverpool in 2 or 3, I think, with Drew nil nil. I'm seeing Liverpool and Manchester. Yeah, uh, I remember Man United. Was, uh, man of the match uh, in two games. Yeah. 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 Uh, George Honeyman, interesting one. Uh, Rock Report does take some stick, undeserved yeah. and deserved sometimes, but Honeyman yesterday just. Was he's never a six out of ten? Uh, he's not a six out of ten. Well, what really. his position is? I'm just trying to like work out. He's meant to be like I think attacking midfield. He was supposed to be a number ten, but then the shape changed, and he ended up being all across that three. Yeah. And Gooch got injured, and he went like left right. wing or right wing. But then Maguire went, went up right, and he came. Right, yeah, yeah Maguire went right, and Honeyman went left. Oh, okay. when Gooch got injured. I think, I think Honeyman's problem is kind of a benefit. Like Honeyman plays three or four positions in a game when he's only really playing one but because he just plays three or four he doesn't really play that one and I like yeah, Honeyman trying to do too much in, I think uh, so yeah, yeah. and I, I like George Honeyman I think he's a good player but if you look at every position he plays and you can play him centre mid there's better players to play Set attacking mid there's better players to play how, how you might wide there's better players to play in that position no matter where you can think of putting on the pitch there's somebody else who's going to do a better, better job better in attacking midfield Chris Maguire so but what I would think was is but you can't now because Gooch is injured can't you so you've got to yeah because I, I was thinking yeah. when I on choose for Tuesday's game, I think maybe not going to fit wing back. Hmm. I, I was thinking maybe you could play a, a midfield three with Katz, McGeoch, Max Power is like your ideal one, and you can tell Max Power to be a bit more advanced. I would like to see Power in that role. See yeah, how he I does. In see how he does. That's that was my thought. It's like you, you, so McGeoch, 
I would want to drop him for power because I think that's a like for like. I think they're the, they play the mm. same position and Catamulders as well. So if, to me, it says you can't really have all three of them because they're the same yeah, position yeah. on the pitch. I know Power has shown he's a bit more box to box and you can go yeah. forward a bit he's, more, but ultimately that is I his starting position. I think Max position. Power, out of the three of them, Max Power will score goals. Power, when Power was at Wigan, he was he never played in a 10 because he got Nick Powell. Yeah, But he, yeah. he, was, the, he was the one who's the one, man who was always closest to Powell. More like offensive. Yeah, much yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing with Power as well. Is like As I said, he linked up with Madra a couple of times mm-hmm. quite nicely as well. And then... But a lot of the times he was picking up the ball between the two centre halves yeah. and bringing it up from there. So that's that's what you want him to do. But obviously, it's a lot to ask someone to do that. Tuesday, it's like Honeyman will start on Tuesday because of the injuries yeah. we've got. But I think he needs a big performance in the next few few games. Because I find it interesting because Honeyman can Honeyman can play well. Honeyman doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to pull like amazing crosses out. He doesn't have to score goals. He just needs to be solid and keep things ticking over. And when we're moving forward, he needs to be a part of every move that we have he's like he's like the hockey assist guy he, like he passes to the guy the who gets the assist, assist guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so it's great if he does his job well but yesterday he didn't he didn't like know. he was misfiring passes and he was loose but against he's, Rochdale he was excellent so yeah, it's big problem for me with Honeyman is he's he's a lot of the, yesterday he was a lot of the problem for why the supply line was failing yeah. in the field you would see this there would just be no option he wasn't moving into the space there's a lot of the time where he's just 10-15 yards too high up the pitch and he's always looking to get in behind that's not his role. He's not the one going in behind. That's, That's Marja yeah. stretching the defence. He's the one supposed to be coming short for the ball to look to get it to Marja. And he's just not making the right runs. I don't know. He's still only had like a year as a professional footballer, even though he's, what, nearly 25 now. Mm. That's more because of the academy rather than him personally. Yeah. That's on them. Yeah, he's, 25. he's 25 now. He's 25, but he's only no, been playing for a year. Now. I thought he was 23. Yeah. He's I'll, nearly 25. It's I'll quickly next year or so. But I'm sure he's, tw- he's, def- I'm sure he's 24 now. It's soon to be 25. Yeah. It's just turned 24. Yeah. Okay. So it's September. In a year, he's 25. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah, look, like, like, he yeah. doesn't look that old, old at all. That's the thing. It's like, I, I, I like he's, your he idea. He plays three or four years younger than that. Yeah. If you were to solve that, that issue with Honeyman, I think me, I would play Catamol, Power, and then Maguire in front of them, like up against Madja. And then you'd have Gooch and McGeady on the wings. But obviously, mm-hmm. we can't do that without Gooch. So, yeah. I think it's yeah. a decision to make going for. Obviously, the decision's been made by injuries now, but... Yeah, I think Saturday could be. It's not Tuesday. I think Honeyman will have to play, but I think Saturday he could potentially. A bit of drop out. Yeah, definitely. So I think one last thing on the injuries yesterday. Yesterday as well. I think if not for those injuries, we could have got that winner. Yeah. If we weren't forced into bringing defenders on when we had to, disrupting the flow of the game, disrupting the shape of the team, we couldn't bring McGeady or Sinclair on late on for yeah. those extra legs up top. So if it wasn't for that, I mean, obviously Gooch at the end was. Literally running on nothing. Yeah, he was in. He was. He couldn't come off. If we didn't get those injuries and that unfortunate luck, I think we would have went on to win that game. We were really turning the screw in the last ten minutes and just couldn't get way past their keeper. Yeah, had a good game. Yeah, I agree. Um, any final points? I suppose we do a little preview for the game on Tuesday against Peterborough, biggest game of the season so far. I'll be missing, you have- unfortunately. Oh, you're missing it. It's Down in you. Peterborough for work, for course. For, How ironic. For course for work. How ironic is that? I'm missing <laughs> Peterborough because I'm in Peterborough. <laughs> I'll find a way back. But who do you, how do you prepare for them sort of games? I remember Sunderland playing Ipswich at the Stadium Light in a big promotion game. I think we won 2-0. How, are them sort of games different? Do you know going into them that you know, you're playing against a team who's going to be with you at the top or is it just any other game? I mean... Obviously, you always uh, you always look at the table uh, before before playing these kind of games. Uh, but I will I will just take it as another game. You know, to win this league, you need to win a lot of games, not just the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, 
obviously playing at home now, you know, you get a lot of fans coming through the door. It's a lot of people exciting, uh, a lot of people showing more interest in going to the stadium. So you playing with that as well. Uh, and a, perf- a good performance against, you know, a team like Peterborough. We show Sandra as a candidate or favorite to, yeah. to win the league, I guess. So, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, the manager will, we have to take some time now and, and see what's, uh, what's the fittest place they go for, yeah. for Tuesday, first of all, and then trying to put a system together to obviously win the game. How big of a miss is Catamore suspended for a stupid yellow card as well? He talked himself. He could have gotten off yesterday. Yeah, could have. the first tackle, also the first tackle was yellow, yeah. and the second one that he got yellow could have been red. So he was, he was lucky. He was. Do you think if he was already booked, he wouldn't have got that set in yellow for just basically just talking to the referee? Probably, uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. The ref I saw the, the first one was definitely yellow, but uh, but that, that's him. You know, that's the kind yeah. of tackle CEO. Someday he's just to rush. Is he like that training? He was young when I was with him. I think it was worse because he was like <laughs> young, energetic. You know, he wants to do, you know, want to do well now. Obviously, it's a lot more experience, uh, but sometimes he seems to like lose, lose yeah. his mind for a few seconds. Yeah. And you know, he's uh, still scary, even though he's like he's 31, he's uh, he's 31, isn't he? Oh, so go he's a yeah, bit more Wikipedia uh, in now, but he's a he's, he's at an age stage of his career where he's a lot more experienced, he doesn't dive into tackles. He, 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 I feel like he, he only ever goes into he's a still, tackle, still young, he 30 years old, you know, from mm. football. If you I, look after yeah, yourself, I think the 30 years over him, he started so young, like his his. The clocks, the miles on his clock are very high. Yeah, I mean, he started at 18, uh, 17, 18 when he started yeah. playing. So, I he's mean, he's regularly at that point, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he's yeah I mean, he played a lot of games, uh, but it's a lot, it's a lot of players that are starting at that age. Uh, but it's good to see him, you know, back, uh, back on form. Yeah. I saw, you know, I personally saw last year, he was, he was very like quiet and uh, playing too deep, mm-hmm, uh, you know. Didn't, didn't do anything, didn't create, didn't know. It wasn't the catamaran that people saw before. And I think this year, as I say, it, it seems to be look fitter. Uh, f- f- I don't know, for some reason. And yesterday, it was, was getting in the box a lot. It looked comfortable. So I think you need a player like him in the middle. You know, when he's fit, I think you make a, make a difference there. I think the, the thing as well with Catamol that I'm most impressed by is he's, he's a guy on who's, who's on well-known thousands and thousands of pounds they'd be on so much more than the rest of the squad of course but they don't they don't care they they love Catamol and you can see that in the celebrations yeah. of the goal they know that they he all makes, ran straight to yeah he's like Mr Sunderland in that squad he's the guy who's been at the club the longest and yeah. he, he loves the club the most and they know that and they, they get behind that the thing at the end of the day it's not his fault that he's earning you know uh, X amount of money uh, yeah. you know the, if someone offers you and put the contract in the table you you sign it don't you uh, so. do you Sort of when you used to play, did you know that players were on a lot of money? Say, you know, Afonso Alves comes into mm-hmm. Borough, and I don't know how much he was on, but I'm guessing it was 60 80 grand. Do you yeah, know bro. that? Like, well, does I mean, make a difference? see, one of the things that I found in changing was like, like no one tell you how much they're earning. I, I can't remember no one player coming to see oh, I'm earning this amount of money. Yeah, not no even one. if you were negotiating a con- if you came no. up and you said, you know, when you signed a new deal at Sunderland yeah. I think, in 2005. Yeah. Do you not go to Marcus Stewart and go, no, how much are you on? Never. Never. I think it's like a code where, like, I don't care what you earn. You should not care what I'm in. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we need to do well for, for the manager, for the club, for the fans, you know. So, I mean, I, when I first came, obviously, Kevin Phillips uh, was golden boot, you know, goal scorer in Europe. I don't know how much it was earning. Obviously, you hear people saying, oh, he was earning, I don't know, 30, 40 grand a week. 
so what? He's the best, best, best striker in Europe. So you know, <laughs> I'm glad that I have him in my team. Yeah. You know, that's that's the way I was thinking. You know, when I used to play in Middlesbrough with players like Yakubu, Piduka, uh, even Mido. You know, they came from Spurs. They were earning massive money. I was not even half of their money. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, so what? You know, I'm learning from these players. I'm becoming a better player because I'm playing in a really good level. Mm -hmm. So I think young players, when you see like, you know, players like Katemore or some other players, they should, they should, you know, um, take that in a good way. You yeah. know, Especially forget about money. Players. I think money before wasn't like, like it's now. Everyone should like, you know, sometimes, you know, like I coach in schools and you ask, you know, a young lad, 10, 12 years old, you want to be a footballer? Yes. Why? Because I want to earn 20 grand a week. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. not the answer I want. Yeah. You know, and the mentality is changing. You know, uh, I think parents now are pushing the kids, not everyone, but you see parents pushing the kids to see if they can break into that and they make a lot of money. Uh, and I think it's, it's wrong. Right. You know, it should happen. If it has to happen, it will happen. Yeah. If you put the effort, the work, the sacrifices, it'll happen. For some of the people, it will never happen, but that's life, I guess, you know. Which is the one player that didn't reach the potential that you thought they should? You know, even if they did play a lot of games, is there one player that you saw come through at Middlesbrough or Sunderland that didn't quite make it for some reason who should have? He was a player in Middlesbrough. He, he was from Argentina as well, um, called Carlos Marinelli. He's a young, young player. He came here when he was 17, 18. Uh, he's, they signed him from Boca Juniors, I think. Um, and he was he was outstanding in Argentina. He was outstanding playing futsal when he was young. He was one of the best players uh, futsal, uh, and he came here um, on the who was the manager? I can remember before Southgate, McLaren, McLaren and before McLaren, uh, Robson. Robson, he signed him, I think, and uh, and and for some reason, just I think his mentality. He was extremely good, uh, left-footed, but he's, he used to get upset all the time because he wasn't playing much. And in a way, he probably saw he was better than what he was. And, you know, I think low-profile players, you know, uh, you see like players like, uh, I know, there's many players out there now. They're not that good, but because they work so hard consistently, and they they prepare to listen, you know, whatever they are, and then they just keep going and keep going, you know, and and they make a life through the football. Do you think one of the players I think about like that, Sean Thornton? Like yeah. I used to watch him and think he is such a good. His feet were so good; he could yeah. score yeah. free kicks, and yet he. But here he was like, yeah, because he ended know. up. He, we got promoted, and he ended up going to Doncaster, I think. Yeah, he just probably. plays, you know, something, you know, you know, because. You got promotion or whatever, you think, oh, I'm done. You know, but if it's young players now, some players they, they play one or two games in, in the first team and they think they're done. They don't know anything about football if yeah. they think they're done, you know. The hardest thing is not to make it, it's to stay. You know, that's that's what someone told me one day. Yes, of course it's hard to make as a professional footballer get in the first team, but when you get in the first team, the hardest thing is to stay there. You know, how long can you stay? Can you make a living? Because it's people that go there. And then boom, disappear, and you know, playing in the Northern League yeah. or, or things like that. It's sad, you know, because there's so many talent players in there. But for some, for one reason or the other, then, you know, just going down the leagues. So you just seen that at South Shield, wouldn't you? Like, I remember Michael Richardson, I think, was at South Shield, and he. Dylan Moss. 
Yeah, there's yeah. quite a great few yeah. you can look at, and you're just like they were in like big academies, and the gap doesn't seem to be that big. But for whatever reason, they didn't make it. I mean, is it all just down to you know work ethic, yeah. or luck, or I think it's 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 a lot of things, uh, a lot of factors. Um, I think it's yeah work ethic, like being consistent. You know, I mean, some players play in the Northern League. I mean, the Northern League is just it's been growing up a lot now. You know, mm. you go players now, probably earning two, three, four hundred a week, and then, uh, you know, for them, okay, I got my show full time. I ending on four hundred a week or three hundred a week. You know, at the end of the month, they get a good wage. So. Mm. I'm only training twice a week, so why would I put myself, force myself to go somewhere else, you know? And that's the the comfortable zone they, they find themselves. Yeah. But other players, they use that as a trampoline to say, I want to go higher and higher and higher. So it's just the mentalities, you know? Um, you have to prepare to leave home, leave your family, leave your friends. If you want to be a footballer, you know, like happened to me, you know, I have to come from the other side of the world to England, uh, to a team that I didn't know anything about it. But that was a sacrifice you make. You know, it probably could have gone wrong. And after a year, gone back home. But, you know, luckily, it just went the other way. So, Right. Well, we are going to jump actually into the official second part of the show. Where we'll <laughs> pretty much be a question answer. We've got a lot of questions to get through. So, first one is from Mike Dalzell. And he asked, uh, do you still have that old yellow Hummel Thug kit? And how did you come to own it? And, you know, what is the story behind that that picture? Yes, I still got it. And it was uh, one of the crazy things. I mean, some people won't even believe that that happened. Uh, it was I was lucky that I found that picture that I put on Twitter a while ago uh, that one of my friends that used to play with me at that, that time, he sent to me. We went to... I was playing for Argentino Juniors. It was my first or second year. We went to Italy to play a tournament. That was the first time I, I, I basically flew abroad. Um, we ended up in Rome. Uh, which was outside Rome. So I think we were there for two weeks and every couple of days they used to take us out. And in Italy, uh, I don't know if it's still now, but it was these three markets, you know, uh, like it probably Newcastle have the same, mm-hmm. where they sell tops, they sell food, they sell all kinds of things. So we went to this sport shop and, uh, and it was a lot of shirts. And I remember uh, it was a Juventus shirt at that time I saw that I like it. I still got it at home. And it, it was a yellow one. I saw it was a Sweden, you know, uh, one. Because it was like, it was similar to the Sweden one, you know? Yellow and blue. Yeah. Uh, so, so I get this one and that one. And and I used to wear a lot. I never even bothered looking at the name. <laughs> Sunderland, Switzerland, for me, it was just, just the same. I say it was Sweden, you know? So I used to wear the, the top a lot. And... Like anything, you know, after after a few years, you know, you, you know, you just change it and you start wearing something else. And my mom is one of them person that should keep a lot of stuff from us when we were young. <laughs> so she must put that in a box, and that was it. That stayed there for ages. So first year I came to Sunderland, I I played the first season, and I remember taking a lot of tops with me, uh, just to my friends and family and all that. So I talk a lot. Uh, it was away and at home. I can't remember the away one, what color it was. I think it was a white one at that time. And the, obviously the home was red and white. So 
went home, spent four or five weeks, came back to, to England. And then I got a call from my mom saying, oh, you left some tops. Uh, what do you want me to do with them? I said, which ones? I said, well, you left a white one, a blue one, um, red and white, and you left a yellow one from Sunderland. I said, a yellow one? <laughs> can't be right. <laughs> yeah, I found this yellow one in the boxes, and I saw that you brought it. No, can't be right. So she came over after a few months, and I said, well, you need to bring that top, because I couldn't even remember. And she brought that top, and that was it. I got a top huh. when I was 10 years old, uh, <laughs> of Sunderland Football Club in Italy. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, it was just, it was scary, honestly. Um, I even took the top to, to Sunderland one day uh, just to show some of the people because some of the people were, were they were finding hard to believe because <laughs> uh, the top, it was like, it was, you know, it was kind of good size as well. Uh, so, but yeah, it, it crazy just happened, you know, but the reason why I bought it, not because it was obviously Sunderland, I didn't know Sunderland at that time, you know, it was just because it was yellow and it, it looks good, you know, it's just called your eye. So it's just, yeah. I've got a funny, funny story. story about yourself and Tops, actually. I've got an Argentina Messi shirt on now from the World Cup. Yeah. And uh, I was on a sleeper train from either Volgograd to Moscow or St. Petersburg to Moscow. Okay. And uh, we were on, it was like a sleeper train and I was like with two Argentinian fellas. And we just got talking. And it, was, it turned out he was Argentina's juniors fan. Oh, God. So, yeah, yeah. So we were there for about eight hours, just had a few drinks, chatted on. And then at the end, we swapped shirts. So I gave him an England shirt. They gave me Argentina shirt. And he was just saying, oh, so, so do you support? I was like, oh, Sunderland. And the first thing he said was your name. Not yeah. Julio Walker. Yeah, well, oh, obviously Argentina's juniors fan. Yeah, I mean, Argentina juniors is, uh, is, a, is a small, big clue on, on the way that uh, they sold so many players. They should be one of the richest clue over there. But I don't know why um, they know. But um, yeah, it was it was uh, a fantastic clue uh, to like you know develop players you know big big players like obviously mentioned Maradona, Riquelme, Cambiaso, yeah, uh, Sorin, uh, Fernando Redondo used to play in uh, Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, well, this kid Marinelli, he came here, uh, Colocini, uh, and it's it's lots. I mean, the list never end. And all these players make it to the top level, some you know, somewhere in Europe or, or somewhere else. You played red white as well, and I play yeah, red <laughs> white yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you just describe to me how the move to Sunderland came about? So from the point you find out Sunderland are interested to actually you know coming over and signing on the dotted line, like what was the, how did it happen? How it happened? Um, I got a call from uh, from my agent. I was playing in the Premier, well, the Premier League over there with Argentino Junior for six, six seven months. Um, we've been in England with the under-21s. So I guess Sunderland or Peter Rio, someone saw me there and they must follow me. So for me. Argentina under the 21s Yes, yeah. we came to play here in England, in, in Fulham. We played there. And then after six months, uh, my agent called me saying uh, we were an English team interested in signing you. So they mentioned Sunderland, he mentioned, you know, something, you know, bits about the clue and all that. And they say, uh, and he announced well, in the next three days. So I said, three days? <laughs> <laughs> I said, like, um, I said, okay. Straight away, when I put my phone down, I, I knew what I was going to do. That was me going, you know. Um, so, so I went to, to see my agent uh, the day after or, or a couple of days and we sat down, explained me everything again, how long the contract was going to be and, and all that. 
Um, and the first thing I remember, the first thing I said to him is any any Spanish speakers in there? Because <laughs> I was only 18, you know, or 19, and it was really young, very scary to come to the other side, you know, of the world. And um, I sat down with him for an hour. He told me everything, left. I remember getting in a taxi with my dad. And my dad said to me, are you sure what you're going to do? Uh, I said, yeah, that's me done. Uh, I'm going. I said, well, you're going to have to explain that to your mom. So that was <laughs> one of the hardest things to go and tell my mom, mom, I'm leaving in, in a week or two. Yeah. Uh, so my dad, he understood more because he, he was a footballer. You know, he never really go in the first team where I was playing. He was playing for a team called Racing Club over there. Yeah. But he go in the reserves. So he understood, you know, that I was playing, you know, all my football career to have an opportunity like this. Mm. So, so yeah, a week, uh, I think a week or two weeks after, um, I, I flew here. I stay only for a week because um, um, I didn't have my Italian passport ready. So I have my, I needed my European passport to be here. So that's why I missed the beginning of the season. You know, I came to play against West Ham when Sunderland Singh already played three games. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that was it. Um, it just happened like, like that, uh, and it was one of the things that it was take it or leave it. You know, was it life changing sort of money? The the jump. I mean, I don't know what the Argentinian uh, league pays, but was it? You know, how much of a difference did it make to your family to have? To yeah, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a life changing. Like I would say, oh, I'm done. You know, yeah. that's it. We're done. <laughs> No, it wasn't like that. It was obviously a lot, a lot more than what I was earning in Argentina. Because in Argentina, I think I was earning like six hundred quid a month at that time. Uh, so it was a lot more than that. Where it was going, that three year was going to put me in a in a more comfortable way. It was going to help my family. Uh, it was probably gonna help me to look in a buy a property. I, I don't know. I mean, at that time, I didn't think about yeah. it. But it was going to put me obviously. Uh, me and my family in a more comfortable position. So, I mean, one of the things that I always wanted to do it was just repay my mom and dad for everything they done. You know, that was my priority thing. Mm. Say how much, you know, how how can they pay them back? You know, so you know everything they needed. Uh, it was just the money was for them, basically. You know, what was your debut like against West Ham? Midweek game uh, must have been surreal to kind of get thrown in almost. And what what was the what do you remember of that day? Well, I remember like uh, I think it was a week a week before than that I played for the reserves. Um, so when I first came, when I arrived, I knew well. I found out that Mickey Ray was the captain and he was left back. So I saw well that's 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 me uh, obviously competing with him because uh, you know left back local boy from Sunderland. I'm thinking it's a, it's gonna be hard to take his position, but you know they bought me so. Uh, so I'm here to do, to do a job, and then a uh, couple of days before the game, Peter Reed uh, with Emerson Ton, he was there. He was my translator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said to me um, that he wanted to play me left wing, that position I never play. So he said, "Look, uh, Michael O'Grady is going to support you from the back. It's like playing left back, but he's just going forward." Uh, so you need plenty, plenty crosses on the box, and just do what you, what you normally do. So, so obviously over the moon, uh, but at the same time I was like, 
if you can, if you want to call it shitty myself, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yes, I want to play. I was really scared. And, um, and yes, you know, I remember coming out from that tunnel and he was playing. He, for me, it was like, like a World Cup game. I mean, I've never been in a World Cup. I mean, I played World Cup with Argentina on the 20s. Yeah, wouldn't uh, But it was 48,000 there, and it was, you cannot even see a gap in between people. It was just a full house. And uh, it was like, God, you know, it was, it was scary, but it was good at the same time. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, it's hard to explain the feeling. You have to be there, if you know what I mean. Mm. But, uh, and yeah. I mean, I never scored my head before. I just got that day, you know, a, a head as well. Did you ever score the head again? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I did for Middlesbrough. Uh, yeah, I did for Sunderland against Manchester United as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, and I was, apart from that, I was surprised to play with some fantastic players and some players that were playing against me. I mean, Double Zucker was there. Yeah. I was someone that I used to play in the PlayStation with him, <laughs> you know, a few years before. You know, best best center, you know, one of the best center forwards, and he was playing against me as well. Uh, as Paulo Di Cano was there, uh, Sinclair. Uh, it was a lot, you know, players in there. I think Fran Lampa was playing for West Ham. Ferdinand might have been maybe. Ferdinand, yeah. Maybe. So so yeah, it was it was a lot of players. I'm thinking, wow, I'm playing against them. You know, it was just it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, that year you played. Well, 30 games in all competitions. Would you expect to play that much when you first came? No, no, as I say before, I saw it was going to be uh, obviously a lot harder to get in the team, especially with the amount of experienced players they have. I mean, it wasn't many young players in the, in the first team playing on, the, uh, on a weekly basis. It was a lot of experienced ones there. I mean, the midfield, especially the midfield, it was like Alex Ray, Stefan Schwa, Gav McCann, Eric Roy. Uh, summer, summer we were left that season then it was Kevin Kilbane Don so Hutchinson he, Don Hutchinson it was just like it was a lot of talent in there and a lot of experience as well and everyone was in a good age where it wasn't like old or young they were right in the mm-hmm. in the right spot so but yeah I managed to get uh, to get uh, that position for myself and as you know you know that season went, went really well as well so so yeah I think everything Help me to obviously um, get a base for me in in Sunderland. Uh, my brother's got a question. He asks, uh, "Where did the number thirty three come from?" The thirty three came from from the club. They basically just uh, <laughs> they give me that number. As any young player, you know, you see young players coming through. Normally, you get big numbers. Uh, so they give me that number, and and you know, the first season went went so well. That uh, I think I got asked to change it, but I said no, I want to keep it, and and just became my my number. You know? yeah. <laughs> Ten for yeah, humans, six years. Ten, Ten for humans, number thirty three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, and he's playing left back. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Just the yeah. first number. Hopefully, look after sure. that number. So, <laughs> the famous number thirty three. <laughs> like people, people are it is. I mean, <laughs> Ten for humans, twenty two. I think. Yeah, yeah. not yeah, much younger is. than us. I mean, I'm twenty five now. And, I, I, I reckon. I reckon. Thirty-three. on the back of the shirt. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I'm totally speculating, but I reckon he chose thirty-three. Yeah. because of you. I, I would argue that he put no, that did, number so out. Yeah, definitely did. He did. It's, well, it's normally did. Is it on? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like no, that's uh, that would be awesome for him. Like playing. I mean, you know, players. Side. I mean, you know, players choose the numbers. Uh, you see, like um, who was Robert Ronaldo now? He went to Juventus. 
and was cuadrado. He was wearing number seven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Off you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want, number seven? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't for me that case, you know. I came in, I came here and they said 33. Yeah. And it's not much you could say. I'll say, okay, I get it. <laughs> uh, Graham Field asks, who have you enjoyed watching play for Sunderland uh, since you've left and sort of when you were there as well? Uh, since I left, I mean, I should have been so, so many players uh, there. Uh, obviously, players that uh, I think they left a mark. Darren Bent, it was, it was good. Left a uh, dagger. Yeah, yeah, but he, he did well for the clue, you know. He did do well for eight months. He did well for the clue. Um, again, I mean, uh, what about like Stuart Downing? Because obviously you would have played for him at yeah, Sunderland and Yeah, yeah, Stuart was it was good. I mean, Sunderland. I think what Sunderland did, uh, it did him a favor because obviously he wasn't playing there. He go on loan to Sunderland. And then he done so well. I think it was only for less than eight weeks in yeah. Sunderland. I done so well, and he called the eye of me. They were thinking, "Oh, he's doing really well in there. Should bring it back," because he wasn't playing there in the first team. And then he went back to Middlesbrough and obviously became who who he is now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it's it's always players that uh, you know you always look at. Uh, I should look more at the managers than the players because you know. I, I always say I, I would I would have loved to have a, a manager uh, to come and change the philosophy of Sunderland Football Club, uh, to bring a philosophy. You know, if you ask any fans that what the philosophy of football, they don't know. You know, and I still don't know. You know, obviously this this guy is here now. He's trying to change things around, trying to be more solid. Um, but the last 15 years since since I left, I mean. It never been a philosophy of football. Uh, I mean, with Peter Reed, we knew what we had to do. It was Quinion from Kevin Phillips, second balls. It was me on the wing. It was someone else on the other side. Plenty of balls on the cross. Worked hard. Never been like a passing football team, but it, that that used to pay off. You know, it was good enough. Uh, with all the managers, you know, he just go with the win. You know, I mean, the closest one that I used to like him, it was Poyet, Poyet. that I used to like, play the football I like to play. I know it's hard, but I think every club needs a philosophy, you know? And uh, if you look like things like um, like Swansea, um, you know, they're always trying to get a manager that uh, go with the philosophy of the club. Well, Shields uh, play that way. Yeah, Shields, obviously, yeah, we're talking about different levels, no? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, and I hope they keep that philosophy because it's good, yeah. you know? I mean, people was criticizing Guardiola when he came. <laughs> but I knew at some point it was going yeah, to pay off, yeah. you know. Obviously, it took time, but he stick with what he knows best, and they pay off, you know. Uh, so, what about when you were at Sunderland? Who was the best player, you know, at your time there? I mean, it was it was plenty of good players. Obviously, Kevin Phillips was was on top of his career at that time. Um, I used to like Don Hodgson, so he was mm. good, very good player. Uh, Stamberg was good, but he, he went through many injuries, but he was a he was a strong, big centre-back. He was good. Um, obviously, my friend Emerson Tom, I enjoyed him playing with him. Um, and, and then he was young players as well. At that time, uh, Sean Oster was there. Technically, very, very good. One of the most technical players I played with around from, from, from the UK. What do you think? Well, he didn't quite... Well, 
say he didn't cut it unfair, but he didn't make it to the level that was kind of expected of him. Why do you think that was? Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, you know, people were criticizing him from he wasn't like a tackle player, you know, someone who will go and smash someone or trying to win the ball. He was more like a technical player, you know. Uh, I remember when um, Rui Kelme uh, went from Boca Juniors to Barcelona, Bangal used to ask him to tackle people. I said, well, I'll never do that. You know, if you give me the ball, I create, I score goals, but I will never go and chase someone and tackle from behind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you go players that can do both and players that can do some, some things. But uh, yeah, we have some great players at that time. You know, uh, as I mentioned before, you know, Alex Ray and, you know, Stefan Schwartz, Gav McCann, they were monsters in midfield. Some of the tackles they were like scary, <laughs> you know, 50 50, and they never pull out. They should go through anything, like a through a wall, and they will go for it. <laughs> uh, and sometimes playing with them players, you make you feel like, wow, you know, if you do that, you know, look how much you want to win the ball. You look at them, and then next ball, they come to you, and you go for it. You know, it just make you feel like, yeah, I don't know. It's just when you see someone pulling out and no bother, then I think it's like it's like contagious, you know. Mm. Uh, but them players is to like is to work for the share, you know. What and you, the fans like? could you could see that, you know. Yeah. What was Schwartz like? Because obviously uh, the career that he had was in his thirties. By the time you joined Schwartz, yeah, he, he was school left. I mean, not, wasn't the quickest one, uh, but you know, he was strong. You know, good left foot. Mm. Uh, he got he got a great strike on the ball. Um, Do you remember that goal he scored against Arsenal? That, yeah, yeah, such a yeah. goal. <laughs> Sort of yeah. like my favorite goals growing up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He was, and he could play different positions. You know, he could play uh, center midfield. He could play on the on the left, on the right. Experienced player, you know. Uh, he was 30, 31, but you know, he knew how to play the game. He didn't have to run anywhere. He was always in the right position. Yeah. Mm. Like Paul scores, I always say. Like, I remember one day uh, we play against Manchester, and the week before in Middlesbrough, we some. Some of the fitness coach was saying like we have to room more, you know, because we have all these stats and all that. And we play Manchester United and we got beat us in three one or something like that. And Paul score was man of the match by a mile. So we look at the stats on Monday. He run five k. We run about ten. <laughs> so that tell you like, and I call. I remember saying to the fitness coach, look at him, best player on the pitch. So if you are in the right position at the right time, yeah. you don't need to run, you know. Uh, Pirlo is the same for Italy, you know. Some fantastic players. I remember you scored an offside winner against Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal yeah. yeah. How did that feel? Because I remember being there and everyone in the ground was like, everybody was onside. Was in, yeah. And then when you watched the match of the day, like, oh, it was actually offside. But how does that feel? <laughs> I still counting as I go on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, well, it was 1 1, I think. Yeah. And that was the winner five minutes before the end. Did you uh, know at the time you were off? What? No. And but I knew it was right at the end, uh, <laughs> but I was so disappointed when I saw the referee uh, when the linesman putting his flag up. Yeah. Uh, still counts. Yeah, When I show my kids, I won't show the the afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should show the goal. <laughs> uh, it, it was good. We could we could beat anyone. That, that was the good thing. That team we could beat anyone. You know, uh, at that time. I'm gonna jump to kind of a negative, but. From January 2002, it seems to have been that Sunderland, for whatever reason, went from being a stable Premier League team to, yeah. well, not. What, what do you think changed from that point? Because I think we were 10th pretty much on January 2002. Yeah. Then finished 17th that year. Next year we'll get relegated yeah. very badly. 
what happens? What was the change that at that point? I think the 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 I remember like one of the main changes or the first one was uh, obviously we lost Niall Quinn and they replaced him with Torian the Flo. Yeah. That it was they paid him I think eleven million for him or something like that. Uh, so they were expecting a big, big thing. Obviously, Niall was, well, as you know, unique in, mm -hmm. in his position. So they were expecting someone to do the same thing. And it didn't happen. Torian the Flo was a different kind of player. So that was the first thing. Then uh, Peter Reed leaving the clue. Uh, so it was, you know... Do you big, think he big... should have stayed? I think he should have stayed. You know, it was only five, six games, if I'm not wrong. And he got sacked. Yeah. Obviously, yes, he made some mistakes in investing. But if you look at Peter Reed and everyone else that came afterwards, no one did better than him. Mm -hmm. No one finished seven in the league like him twice. A few points away from UEFA. So that obviously time now will tell you something. So that, you know, it, it, time telling now who, who was the best one, you know. And then to ex, uh, basically replace him with Howard Wilkinson. <sighs> well, for, for me, it was absolutely nightmare, if I have to be honest. What was, um, what was so bad? Well, for me, like I could tell from day one that I wasn't going to win the plans. Uh, you know, I wasn't liking him. I don't know if he have anything against foreign players or, or so. I mean, I, I'm not saying he have, but obviously for me, it was just I only played four or five games that season. Um, I was fit, I was training, and obviously the team was doing so bad as well. So it was making everything really, really bad. Bad place to be, you know, at that time. Uh, the fans were really disappointed. I remember fans going against some players, you know, after the games, waiting for some players in the car park and shouting at them. It was, yeah, it was dark days. Yeah. So what about when McCarthy came in at the end of that year? I mean, you must have got along with him very well because you were a big part of... Yeah, well, funny enough, in the beginning, I, I wasn't because I was, I, I wanted I to leave. I was, I was, you know, I was preparing to leave the clue. So I had a couple of conversations with him and then like at some point we ended up agree because I didn't want to get through not playing another season. I know like he came, it was obviously players that played for him in the national team like Kevin Kilbine. Kevin Kilbine was playing in my position, left wing, left back sometimes as well. And I knew Mick McCarthy knew him. So I saw, look, if that's going to happen, then I'd rather, I'd rather leave and not want to wait another season without playing. But then, you know, after a couple, couple meetings with him, he said, no, I want you to be my plans. And, and you know, probably one of the best times, you know, apart from really uh, with him, you know, two, two very good seasons in the championship. Uh, and then another frustrating season in the Premier League with him. Uh, but um, I don't think it was his fault. I don't think he had any, any resources to make that team better. You know, I don't think the club back him up very much financially. Uh, when, when you signed a new contract in 04 or 05, did you think that you would probably spend the rest of your career at Sunderland? Was that the, I think you signed a deal about 2008 or 2009? Yeah, that was my idea. Yeah, that's why I asked to obviously sign uh, so many years because uh, Mick was in charge. Uh, it was the first season with him. I think it was when we done, we done well. Or the second season, I can't remember. The first year. The first year semi, was, yeah. In the yeah, FA Cup semi. That was the year I signed, yeah. So Mick was happy me to to stay. We agreed a contract. Obviously, uh, in the championship was going to be one contract. In the Premier League was going to be a different contract. You know, uh, and I remember, you know, sitting with them. It was myself negotiating my own contract with them, uh, with Bob Murray and Mick McCarthy in a big table in the stadium. 
Uh, I remember I writing everything down myself because I speak I spoke I spoke English that time, but not it wasn't that clear. So I remember writing everything down, and I I, I spoke with Mick before go and meet the chairman, and Mick you know say yeah that's fine you know I'm happy with that. Uh, the chairman started reading and he was like you could tell his face he wasn't like <laughs> but then and then we we agree everything uh, so my idea yeah my idea was was trying to stay as long as I could to to play in Sunderland did you envy watching Sunderland go do so well after you left so you left as we got relegated yeah and then obviously Roy Keane came in and you know, the club went up and sort of stabilised. Did you, did you envy watching that or were you just happy to be sort of, you know, at Middlesbrough who were, you know, at that time, yeah, a better football club to be at? No, I, w- I was, I was, I was happy I was in playing the Premier League but um, I got, uh, I got told I knew Sunderland after a year in Middlesbrough, uh, they were trying to get me back. That's, that's why I got told. Uh, and Middlesbrough uh, refused any offers from Sunderland. Uh, Roy Kinasin was the manager. So um, when I remember like speak with the guy Southgate, saying like well, what's going on? And I said oh, the club won't take any offers from Sunderland. Uh but apparently Sunderland was interested in, in taking me back. Uh so so yeah, it, it's good that a club obviously won you back. It showed that it showed that you've done something good for the club, you know. Uh but I was happy. I made it really. I was playing in the Premier League, so it was just a it was a decision that I had to be made at that time. And was the right, was the wrong for me. It was the right time to do that decision. So that's why I left. How clo- did you ever get close to leaving Sunderland before you actually did leave? You know, was there any points where there was interest from other clubs from you know first signing the club to when you left in between in that time? It was before I left to go to Middlesbrough. It was um, Espanol. In Spain, it was so. It was between then that team and Middlesbrough. They were they were, they were showing interest, and and I remember having an agent contacting me to go there, and it was nearly everything done. The only problem in Spain was like they used to offer a contract, and then part of the contract was like you know in the contract, and then the the, the other the other the rest of the money was. Uh, in a back passenger, if you know what I mean. So it's like, if things go well, you get it, if you know. So it was a bit like complicated. Mm-hmm. So I said, no, I don't want to, I, I would love to play in Spain. I always, one of the things I always wanted to do, play in Spain, because uh, just the, the, the football style, you know. But I ended up going to Middlesbrough. What about when we got relegated or two or three? Did you get any chances to leave then? No, uh, to be honest, no. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, ask to leave because uh, I saw, you know, I want to play. You know, I was happy to stay here. Yeah, obviously it was championship, one division uh, below, but um, I didn't have any problem to stay. But obviously, when the new manager came, then things changed, obviously, for worse. But, uh, and that's why at the end of that season, yes, I wanted to leave because I didn't play. But no, it was nothing wrong to stay in the championship. Uh what was your relationship like with Bob Murray? Did you ever have any dealings with him or was it just a case of negotiate a contract? And that's no, it? I mean, with Bob, I mean, in the beginning, obviously, it was hard to communicate to each other because I didn't speak the language. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, but, but uh, you know, uh, no, Bob, he was good. He looked after me. Um, 
you know, the, obviously the first contract, they, it, it was done through my agents, but the, the second one, it was with me. He knew I was, I was honest. I was asking for something that I deserved. And, uh, and I think he respect that, that I went to see him on my own and, you know, being such a young lad. Um, no, but every time I see him and his wife, you know, it's always a good relationship, you know. Even when I didn't speak English much, every time I saw him in the stadium, I used to go and shake his hands. You know, you, you, you need to thank these kind of people, you know, these kind of people that they want paying your wages, you know. Yes, of course, they want you to play for, for the club, but without them, then nothing will happen. So, no, it's a lot of people, you know, agree and disagree about things he don't or not. But for me, he was a good person, you know, he looked after me. Mick McCarthy, what was your relationship like with him? Mick was excellent. Mick was one of them that is just, it's black or white, it's no gray in between, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just like, you know, he tell you how it is and if you don't like it, then then fine. So with Mick, that's what like, I found out with Mick that he was like, when he told me I want, he want me to stay, he was like, okay. And he, you know, he, he basically uh, give me his word, you know. He didn't say I was going to play every game, but I said, look, I want you in my plans. If, if you perform, you will be involved. Uh, no, it was good that Mick, uh, you know, he could get angry, you know, like really, you know, really is a good lad, but when you're angry, be nasty, you know, could be in the changing room, but I think you need that, that kind of characters in the team. Um, but he was good, uh, lively, get on well with everyone, everyone like Mick in the in not just in the in the team in the building you know no one speak anything bad about him uh, so no uh, it was it was a big name at that time for Sunderland you know because yeah. obviously he done really well for the national team so it was a big name for Sunderland uh, that 15 point season were yeah. we as bad as 15 points did you did you f- remember watching that year felt like every game we did okay, but we just didn't have like that something to yeah. get with the victory. I mean, were we as bad? Well, is that suggest? someone was comparing that with uh, was last season, uh, with no the season, the first season when Sunderland got relegated. Um, not last season, the season before when Sunderland got relegated from the Premier League. Uh, so I went to watch a couple of games, and and I remember watching the Sunderland games and thinking about our team there. And no, I don't think we were that bad. Uh, when you compare it with Sunderland getting relegated in the Premier yeah. League at least we didn't have the quality yeah but at least we were putting effort there yeah. you know it was like players that it wasn't big names in there but we never used to I mean I can't remember getting battled against a team it was 1-0 no. 2-1 one, one, yeah it was few but it was always close that, that tell you that we didn't have enough to like because Mick McCarthy didn't have enough money Um he got players, the players he got, it was, you know, players in the in the low market, uh, players that they were in the championship with us, that they came from low divisions before. So, you know, he did the best he could and the players done the best he could at their level, you know. So that was it. But, uh, you know, I remember watching Sunderland, you know, one of the last games, I think it was Sunderland-Bormouth when Sunderland needed to win. Yeah. And I remember watching that game and it was a couple of players there that it was embarrassing. You know, uh, didn't want to run, didn't put an effort. Well, I mean, I remember Pina. I just remember seeing him, like, he looked so fit. I mean, uh, he couldn't even run in after 30 minutes. He was hand in his hips. 
I'm thinking, what's going on here? You know, but it, like him, it was many others in there. And I'm thinking, no, our team wasn't like that. Uh, we didn't have the quality, but it, it wasn't like that. Yeah. Know? Did McCarthy ever flip his lid? Them years? Yeah, of course. I conceded a few, like, last minute. I remember West Brom at home early yeah. on, we conceded a late goal. Everton, I think on Boxing Day, we conceded a late goal. Tim Cahill. Must have been sometimes you went in and he's all must have just been deflated. Well, I think, you know, you can tell when something is not going to go for you, then. You know, and I think mentally, you know, when that happens so many times, then the last 10 minutes you start getting worried and you're more worried and you start making mistakes and people, you know, players shaking and, you know, and they want to play so safe, they end up making a mistake. And, and yeah, sadly we got relegated and obviously it wasn't nice to be relegated the way we did get relegated uh, with the lowest point, you know, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't good at all, but uh, it was a long season as well, you know, but. That's one of the things that happened in football, I guess. Uh, Mighty Mackham asks, what is the best goal you scored in a Sunderland shirt? Uh, There's two, I think. That stick out of my head. One yeah, obviously the, the Bradford one was was a good one. Um, I mean, the other one, I, I mean, I don't know if it was best goal, but for me, the West Ham goal was one of my most important goals. Uh, yeah. To start my career in Sunderland, you know, it wasn't great. It was just a header. Uh, I scored some good free kicks, but you know, free kicks don't seem to count as as a great goal. So I think the one in what in, in Bradford was good. The way I got the ball, run all the way. Uh, still, people saying, "What was the other lads? No one chasing you." You know, it was yeah. like, yeah. But yeah, that was that was a good one. Yeah. As an aside, what about the one against Team Solent for Shields? Yeah, forty yards out. Yeah, that was good. That yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was a, a good uh, a good run with with South Shields and yeah, can I think Nichols is a bigger fan of your South Shields time than your Sunderland time. Yeah, from Shields got a sporty local team as well. Yeah, that's good. No, it's, it's a clue that is growing, you know, and it's uh, it's good to have something in you know around here. Uh, Kev Taylor asks what position did you expect to play I mean you touched on that before you were yeah. left back weren't you predominantly yeah and um, you're playing left wing but what was your best position left back you say you're best at left back yeah. not left wing yeah. yeah left back was a position that I would love to play more because I was controlling that position centre mid as well didn't you yeah when I came to play left back in Sunday and ended you know, up playing left wing then with Mick McCarthy I played left wing a few games uh, and then he moved me up again because Josh McCartney was playing left back. Uh, then I went to Middlesbrough as a left back, played the first game, got injured, broke my toe. And then I was out for three months or two months and then came back. And a young lad, Andrew Taylor, was playing there. So it was people missing in midfield and they asked me to play midfield. And then they didn't play midfield. So my left back career was was pretty short compared like the you know. I always used to think it, Middlesbrough I've always tracked Middlesbrough I track all the North East teams really apart from the Mags basically yeah. <laughs> just track some yeah. occasionally Middlesbrough but I used to always like you in centre midfield I always thought that when I watched you there you because of your passing ability and technique you fitted that position quite well yeah no don't get me wrong it was a position that I like um, obviously it got me sometimes to, to get out the awareness because obviously as a left back you got the line behind you and you receive normally receive the ball from the right side coming to you and that's it so basically you're doing this and this yeah. and midfield you have the ball coming from anywhere players coming from anywhere so you're, you're right in the centre 
So you have to have more awareness, you know, um, and you have to find your room more. I think you run a lot more as well. So then up and down, up and down, box to box, you know, side to side. So you cover a lot more. Um, well, unless you've got Barry Smith alongside, he does the running for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, only, yeah, depends who is playing next to you, you know, but, uh, you know, left back issues a position that I always like. It. And I think if I, if I took myself as a left back, I pr- probably could have a bad, bad options to like, you know, move somewhere else. You know, I think I, I believe as a left back, I was, I was very good, you know, yeah. in Argentina. Um, when I left to come to Sunderland, my agent was saying to me to stay there to play. Well, he said the option is to stay here because a new river play could be an option. That was my team over there. Uh, so as a left back, I could see myself, yeah, uh, doing I mean, no complain about why I don't, yeah. but I could see myself probably. So one of the, you too much of a team player, too much to not say, no, no, I want to play. No, obviously, uh, as a young player, you play anywhere. Yeah. I mean, when I came to Sunderland, and if Peter Rui asked me to play right back, I would play right back as well, you know, just play anywhere as, as long as you play. But um, no, left back, so it was, you know, a position I probably could have carried on playing till 40. Yeah. You know, you know, Maldini, someone like that. It's just when you know the opposition so well, no matter who, who you play against, quick players, you know, slow players, you know, it's just make a position Ashley for you. Cole's doing that in America at the moment. Yeah. He's being the best left back in America and just... Yeah, he's just... Do it he's just yeah, comfortable position, you know. What was the worst game you played? Was there a game where you just, whatever you did, just nothing would come off and you kept giving it away? Was Did that ever really happen to you? Did you yeah, ever come off uh, and think, oh, I can't believe how bad that was? I probably have some bad games. Uh, yeah, every, I think every single player have bad games. Um, I remember one game. I don't know if I was playing for Sunderland or for or for Middlesbrough. I was playing left wing, and I didn't touch the ball for or I touched the ball in forty five minutes, probably three times. And I remember playing. He was this guy. I think it was Cardiff or Coventry. We were playing against, and it was right wing and obviously myself. Uh, so the team was attacking one side. I was following him. I was attacking the other side. I was following him. After 25 minutes, I said to him, how long are we going to keep running? And he looked at me and laughed. I said, like, is, is, you don't feel the same? He said, yeah, man, I'm sick of this. <laughs> uh, we never touched the ball. We touched the ball three times. He probably didn't touch the ball. It was like, it was absolutely horrible, the game. <laughs> it's like, you know, one of the games you want just like to finish. Uh, but I remember that game, like, just like, like, like it happened yesterday because the guy was laughing. I was laughing, you know. Uh, and we carried on doing the same. The second half, probably was the same it was just one of the games that the ball was in there all the time it was just fighting battles it wasn't great um Liam Kendall asks do you ever hear from Medina I did see him uh, last year I think it was uh, we have a, a reunion with some of the players that I used to play with back home in Argentina uh what happened with Nicolas? Nicolas came to Sunderland uh, 2001. 2001, just after the World Cup uh, with on the 20s uh, Argentina. Uh, I came in the wrong time. Uh, obviously, um, things with me working well, so they saw, well, we give another go, bring another, you know, young player from over there. He came at the wrong time. Big players were here already. He was, he was you know, he was like me. Um, he was skinny, he wasn't the strongest one. The good thing with me, I was getting away because I was playing on the wing. He had to play on the center of the pitch, you know, and it was it was a lot harder. Technically, I think he was very good. You know, in the national team, he done really well. 
I mean, he played the Olympics uh, after many years. Um, left Sunderland, I think he went to Spain. From Spain, he went to Argentina. Then he was in Mexico. He went, he went different places in South America. And now I think he's working as a, um, as a football director in one of the uh, championship teams back home. Louis Welch asks, what was the feeling of playing against and scoring against Sunderland for Middlesbrough? Uh, in 2007-2008 having spent so many years at Sunderland did you just is it just football that's it or? well it was that week it was weird because I knew it was going to happen it was just one of those things that like, like, even people were saying oh you're going to score you're going to score everyone was saying I'm middle group I bet you score against Sunderland I said and then they put that in your head uh, and again you know another header uh, there and uh, but um yeah, it was a good game and it was a bad game because I score. It was good, obviously, to score for my team I was playing for. Then I go injured. I don't my ligaments in my knee. So it was disappointing because I was having a really good season. That season with me, I started really well. I was I was very fit. And then uh, I don't my medial ligaments. So I had to be out for three months. So that put me, that put me out of pace again, you know. But... Uh, Hey, for me, it was another 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 game. Obviously, yes, having that weird sensation to play against Sunderland for the first time, uh, seeing the Sunderland fans on the other side, you know, it was just a bit weird. Uh, but I, I guess I should respect, you know, I say, you know, if I score, I will never celebrate, and and I did, and and obviously, Sunderland fans will respect that, I guess, you know. You only went down with Middlesbrough in two thousand and nine. Yes. yes. Did you were you tempted to move at that point, or do you think you were suited to play in the championship the next year, or do you think you could get a move back to the Premier League? No, no, because uh, Gary Southgate um, told me that uh, you know he was looking to keep everyone. Uh, the club was prepared to keep everyone. You know they were trying to obviously put an effort to carry on paying everyone around the same money just to like get them back in the Premier League. But then he got sacked after. So he did all right games. though, didn't he? Why, why? We, were, we were second in the league, one yeah, point why, behind why Newcastle. Get sa- I mean, I would have thought sack them when you get relegated. Well, that, that's some of the things that happen in football, you know. Uh, some things happen behind door that even players don't know. People was asking, oh, how, how, how did you know that he was going to get sacked? I said, we didn't know. You know, we found out one day that came back on the Monday, he was sacked. You know, we were second in the league, so... It was weird. He, you know? he was replaced by Strachan. How, how was God, I remember that. Strachan, I, I always say I compare him with Howard. <laughs> in a way, uh, quite ruthless, you know, with players. Uh, we have many, a lot of young players there. Um, he didn't seem to work, though, on the face of it. I remember Strachan's middle spray. Yeah, he brought in loads of average Scot- Scottish players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he paid a lot of money for them as well. So bear in mind, he paid a lot of money for them. And I don't think the players go to the level that he saw they were going to be. You know, uh, it's just strange because Scottish players come here. Some of them, they don't, they don't seem to like do that well. But when, he, you know, when they go back there, then it's just unbelievable. You know, yeah. it's just, I think it's two different footballs, you know. Yeah. Uh, without obviously disrespecting the leagues over there, but... It's not a coincidence that it happened so many times, you know. Uh, Anthony Stoke, remember? In, yeah. In, in Sunderland, uh, he was okay. He went up there and he was goal scoring, you know. He was uh, like Salt Lake's best player for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I don't know. 
Because um, Barry Robson was one of the ones that did work. He was really good. I was rated Barry. He scored at the state of mind. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, a really yeah. good goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, done, he done well. He yeah. was a good player, but most of yeah. the other ones were all misses. I mean, Chris Boyd went, didn't he? Yeah, he was yeah. Poor. No, he was poor, yeah. Overweight. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, we have him, Thompson. Uh, Kevin Thompson. Kevin Thompson was there. There was a few more. Uh, Miller. Um, God, was loads, wasn't it? Was it? Did you have Kenny Miller? Was it Lee Miller? Lee Miller. Lee, Lee, Lee. Left wing. Yeah. Uh, no, it was Lee Miller. Yeah, I think it was Lee. Oh, yeah, it was Lee Miller. Hearts player. Yeah. Yeah. You were seeing, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, I mean, uh, Robson done well. He was probably the one that uh, he left mark in there. Uh, the rest of them, they were just okay, you know, not much bad than probably what we have at that time. But uh, we needed a big squad to compete, so I guess that's why they, they brought him over. Did you have any other managers at Middlesbrough? Uh, then after him, it was Tony Mowry. Obviously. Tony Moore was good. Uh, plays football, doesn't he? Yeah, he likes to play the style I like to play. Keep the ball in the you know in the grass, possession game. You know, uh, you know, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Should uh, we always fighting a bit short, like not to get promotion? Always just outside the playoff in the playoff. But he's he's a well liked manager there. Obviously, you know, he done really well for them when he was playing. So a uh, good manager. And then, did, did you play in the crack? No, that was it. After that, 2013, um, I renewed my contract in 2011 with them. Then 2013, uh, I finished my contract and went through an operation. And then after that, she stopped playing. Did you intend to retire? No. Completely? I was, uh, I had operation and then thinking I was, I had the operation before the season and thinking obviously I was going to be ready for the season after whatever I was going to play. And then uh, the operation went well. It's just the recovery um, took, took forever. You know, I pushed myself a, a little bit in the beginning and that caused uh, the, the recovery to, to, to get, get extended. And then I was out for over a year. So I said over a year, it was okay, but it wasn't the way I wanted. So I started doing my coaching batches and and then I saw it's too long to to be out a year and a half without playing, and then that was it, stop. So what's the difference between playing for South Shields? Was it less intense? Is that why you were able to sort of keep going? Or well, it is less intense because you don't train every day. You only train once a week, uh, twice a week, sorry, because um, it's a part-time semi-professional. So. The teams uh, in the Northern League, uh, when we, the first season was Northern League Division Two, uh, so we have a good team because you know good players in there. Some of the games, you know, the game was over after 35 minutes, so it was like keeping the ball. Yeah. So you don't like obviously. Then we went to the Northern League Division One, where you got better players, fitter players, more competitive. Still winning every week. Though. South Shields, <laughs> yeah, but South Shields starts to get a name on around here mm -hmm. so obviously everyone wants to be the team with money you know yeah. if that's that's the way you want to call it so so start getting more competitive but again you know some of the teams that they, you know they start really fast and then you get a couple of goals and then they just for some reason they give up so you know obviously you save legs for the game after mm -hmm. uh, that, that season was great as well yeah one, yeah, yeah. Well, we ended up at Wembley yeah yeah, yeah. so that wow. season obviously we, we have a lot of games we play like Nearly 60 games, yeah. something like that. So, how like, did the Wembley experience rank in you know your, your overall career? 
he's uh, well, I mean, one of the best things, I guess. Um, randomly, that's how random football is because he can take you anywhere when you never expect it. Who would have thought, I mean, like, if you were like 17 year old, somebody said you'd be playing at Wembley one day and you were like, oh, great, yeah, with South Shields, with South Shields. Like, yeah, <laughs> semi professional. like. You can even write that on a book, you know. Yeah. It's just like one of them things. Like when it happened to me when I came to Sunderland. If you ask me when I was 15, 16, will you go and play in Sunderland? <laughs> They're playing in the north of UK. It's freezing cold. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> but then I ended up. It's just football put you in positions and give you, I think, open doors where you saw will never go through them doors, you know. From the other side and shields as well. Like my first game, there was twenty fans. There. So, like from Shields's point of view, that was just as probably just as surreal as I well. mean. I yeah, went, yeah, I went yeah, the other yeah. week just to a league game against Lancaster, and there was about there was a few hundred for that one. I thought like that's like yeah. the Shields, yeah, You've like a Tuesday over a thousand every week. Uh, it's really? like a Tuesday night, like a freezing cold Tuesday night, and Shields have got like that many people coming down. It must yeah. be no, it's insane just, uh, the transformation they've gone through. Yeah, I know. It's I was it was good. It was a great experience, you know, to be in the I would call the the house of English football, you know, Wembley. Yeah. Uh, is you know one of the best stadiums in the world uh, absolutely fantastic you know the facilities in there everything uh, it's just it, it, we well basically you, you don't want the game to end obviously you win in four nil comfortable so can we play another one you know it's yeah, just like I don't want this to finish because when it's done it's done you know yeah. we, I, I, I knew personally I will never go back you know that, that's with me done well all the players they might have the chance to get back you know what was that pub after the game as well is it the green dragon the green was it like a pub around the corner where we all where we all went and like the, met all the players and that and then just the whole weekend was just fantastic. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, after the game, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, uh, Green Garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And something like that. Yeah. What did you find the uh, the response from other players and other teams in the league when you're self shields? Because obviously they know who you are, they know your career, they yeah. know yeah, where you come from. Your match. Oh, what, yeah. what was the what was the difference? Because obviously you must have found it quite comfortable. You had a good spell there, but. What was the response from other players to you when you came on the pitch? Yeah, I mean, it was good. I mean, uh, I wasn't one of them. Even when I went to play Sunday League, you know, the lads, they saw there was going to be, oh, it might be a cocky, arrogant, you know, coming here and play for all, showing off. <laughs> one of my mates played against you yeah. and he said it was like, it was like it was great playing against Julio Walker, but I never saw him, I never met him. He was just like, <laughs> I couldn't get anywhere yeah. near him for, for like 90 minutes. No, it was just like, you know, it's just go and play with your with your mates in Sunday League and yeah. and the lads they, in the beginning they were a bit like then after a couple of weeks they saw well it's just it's just a normal block and you know it is you know uh, and then uh, Sunday League at, at the end but yeah a couple of times probably feel target you know couple of no, you know no the tackles there <laughs> uh, I remember once it nearly done me big time you know I, I was lucky uh, I remember Sky Sport was there that day as well it was a nasty tackle Um but I have some players playing alongside me. They were they were nasty as well. So they look after me, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you mess with him, we go after you, you know. Uh, but then South Shield, no, no, I didn't feel target. I remember you know, a couple of times, you know, I used to play against players, people that I know, but it's not target. It's just want to win games, and obviously everyone want to win against South Shields. Yeah. Because uh, you know when you see a thing growing so quick, outside and inside the field, you know, getting the best players. You know, paying good money. You know, the fans coming through the door. Everything is just poof. In three years, they went from being nothing to be the call of you know the, the attention of not just in the north. Now, you know, if you mention someone in the south, have you heard about South Shield? They probably say, yeah, yeah, we heard about them. You know, 
So it's just, it's people is envy that. Some yeah. people, you know, they, you know, they, they don't like someone doing so well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's a reality. Well, do you remember North Shields away when yeah. in the second in the Northern League it was a uh, late on in the season because we, we, we were quite a few points behind. Yes, because we had loads of games in hand. Yes, and they, for context, North Shields fans, like most of them, they got the curve and order. It's all like Mags Ultras who got banned orders, not out Newcastle yeah. games anymore. So they're vicious. It was a really vicious atmosphere, and I remember one of their midfielders had an awful tackle, and I think they just missed you. And I think you got sent off later on in the yeah. game. Yeah. And then gave it, gave it, gave it the big and the badge to their fans. Yeah. And it was like that was that was the first time mm. it, it seemed like they were out to get South Shields. It's just um, some of the referees. I mean, that's, that's some of the things you get there. I mean, it's not easy to be a referee. I always say, and I respect them. But some of the decisions. I mean, some of the tackles. Something. It's just like unbelievable. Yeah, you've never been sent off. I mean, too. because someone tackled you in the first minute. Oh well, it's the first one. It could broke your leg. That's yeah, why I used to yeah. say to a referee, it doesn't mean if it's in the first minute or the last minute. If it's a nasty one, you need to... So that was the, the, some of the things that I didn't understand there. You know, some tackles, they were really nasty, you know, and uh, some people never got booked. And then, like, it happened to me a few times. I got sent off for, like, very, very soft tackles. <laughs> I'm not saying that I was target, yeah. but it's just like, come on. You yeah. know, would you have sent me off if I wasn't, you know? Well, I, I'd rather do it no. properly next time. I should go and smash someone <laughs> properly, you know what I mean? I know I'm going to get sent off. I wouldn't wait. It's just like pulling someone by the shirt, or, you know, it's just like seemed like that happened, but yeah. Uh, Charles Puta, interesting name. Puta. Why didn't you take any more free? Well, why didn't you take more free kicks? I don't know. It's just like uh, it's always players trying to obviously get involved, you know. Uh, I think I talked talk quite a few in Sunderland. Um, Maybe we only remember the good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, oh, in the beginning, it was hard because, you know, it was a young player. So for a young player to come and go and get the ball, it's like, you know, the other ones probably, you know, just take it off you until you go away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I think when you get uh, the confidence to say, oh, well, I can score. I score one or two, then the other player looking at you different and say, oh, he can score a goal, should leave it, you know, and I think that's how things work. I remember the playoff semi-final at all three or four. How annoyed were you with the penalties that Whitley and McAteer took? I think they were the two worst ones. I don't know if anyone else took. Yeah, the playoff. Yeah, yeah, the the stutter run up and the just useless penalties. I mean, do you get annoyed (laughs) or do you sort of just treat it as well as a penalty shootout? Because I remember as a fan, I was yeah. No, Pooh made two amazing saves. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I put myself on the fans' shoes, of course, and I will be annoying. Yeah. Uh, but then I put my on the players, you know, shoes and well, no one wants to miss, you know. Mm. Uh, you didn't miss on purpose, you know. Of course, no. Yes, it was a bad penalty, uh, but no one. I mean, to miss a penalty is one of the worst things it could happen, you know. Especially at, at that time, you know, when you when you're fighting for promotion. So, I mean, obviously we felt sorry for the lads because you know they they worked so hard, you know, that that season as well as much as us, and then or reflect on that penalty, you know, because for some people, you know, all the hard work reflect on that penalty. They yeah. forget about what you done to put, to help the team to get there. And then Chef Willie miss a penalty. Oh, it's bloody rubbish. You know, no, nah, he's done well to resist and it's just, you know, miss a penalty. What about the the semi-final that year as well? The mistake, I think it was McCartney and Bath. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you, again, obviously you must be gutted because you've missed the chance to get in the final, but yeah, 
do you just have to forget that and just put your arm around them or do you get angry in the dressing room? Well, obviously, I was angry, but you had to, you know, keep yourself, you know, you calm. won that game as well. Should have won that game. We had mm. plenty of chances. I mean, Millwall was just, uh, you know, a, a team that he just battled till the end, but it wasn't mm. bad enough, you know. Uh, but yeah, that was it. That's, I think, what they done. They just took advantage of that mistake and then they score and then we chase the game. Uh, sure. I couldn't believe it. We could it. have I mean, got, you know, we got a couple of good chances in the second half. Uh, I thought you score. and Matty Piper had great games on the wings as well. Yeah, we, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't remember much how, how, how well I or no, I played that game. But uh, yeah, I was disappointed. It was disappointed because uh, it was it was one of the bigger games I played for Sunderland, if not the biggest one. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's the worst player you played with at Sunderland? See, <laughs> yep. I'm going to put it this way. Uh, I don't think it's to be... A professional footballer, you must done something right. Yeah. So for someone to call you the worst player, it's is wrong. <laughs> yes, obviously I play with players they, they weren't on my level or in Cristiano Ronaldo's level or in Messi's level. But for a player to to be in the first team, it must done something right. So yeah. it can be absolutely terrible and make it as a, as a professional footballer, you know. But uh, but yeah, you know. <laughs> You go place in different levels, like any 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 job you do. You know, uh, you working in an office. You know, one is bad, and the other with a computer, and one is lazy, and and you know, oh, he's not great, and this and that. But at the end of the day, you know, they there for a reason, I guess. You know, they want just like pick up in a in a you know in a lottery number, and they say, oh, that's it, you're done yeah. as a footballer. No, they they put they put some effort to get there, so. Well, who's the dirtiest player you played against? You know, at the top level, who's the, the yeah. dirtiest one? You're... Um, I remember playing, I played against him a few times. It was, uh, it was a Millwall. It was, it was nasty him. Kevin Muscat. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Right back. Captain Millwall. Yeah, he was horrible, yeah. <laughs> he always was after me as well. Like, the, uh, I used to make me lose my well, head. It was one of them players that I could lose my head. I remember one, one I went for a tackle that... I was I went for that tackle thinking, yeah, I'm gonna go for the ball, but I'm gonna lift my foot in there as well. That was the <laughs> first time I saw something, you know, I never saw about obviously, because it's not it's not nice to to hurt someone on purpose, you know. But he was he was nasty. Yeah, he was uh, and then you have players like obviously Roy Keane and, and all that. But they they were nasty, but you know, good good, good players, so they weren't dirty, you know they I mean? were just like it wasn't like you see you respect players like yeah, tackle 50-50, they go for it. And they take everything that's in there. But they're good players, you know. They're not just doing that, you know. Well, it's all the players, you know. Didn't Muska get sent off against us that season? I can't remember. Uh, I think I've, I've got was, him back yeah. in mind he did. It was him and he was was the other guy in midfield playing for them. Harris the, was there. The little fella. Wise. Oh, Danny Wise. Wise. Yeah. He was... Oh, then. Yeah. He was, he was the one, one of them and he went smashing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, I think it was us playing against them and one of the lads went down he tackled him he went down so then his wife went uh, and he was asking him if it was okay referee was there so he put his son around and he started squeezing his ear uh, and he, you know, the guy react and then the referee saw this guy reacting and they booked him so he had all this trick in his, in his uh, he in was him. playing manager wasn't he like, season, yeah, yeah he was yeah. he didn't know why Joe Millwall he, he was a good fair. player yeah. he was a good player 
I mean, play Chelsea, you know, and play... Just a dirty like, bastard just, to yeah, the final. Yeah, dirty player. What's the best atmosphere you've ever experienced at Steve Mike? One was... Uh, it was... I mean, when we play with the big ones, against the big ones, so it was a good one. Newcastle, obviously, first my first derby against Newcastle. I remember, you know, all the fans having these uh, red and white uh, sheets, piece of paper. So oh, it yeah. was all red and white around the stadium. So that was good. And the game before we played Millwall, I think it was Sheffield, Sheffield United. Yeah, that was a brilliant game. Yeah, that was that was. Tommy pretty, Smith, I think. Yeah, scored. Tommy scored two, I think. Uh, one or two. I think it was one nil. One nil was yeah. Yeah, he scored two against Birmingham earlier on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. Tommy up, was uh, on fire. That. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that was a good game. Really loud. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember in you know, four or five Wigan away? Yeah. I think it was a Tuesday night. S- Seven thousand people there. Or something yeah. Like that. yeah. Like how much does that play into like your team talk and yeah? I don't know. Does it make you want to win the game more? Of course. Yeah. I mean. Uh, when you see so many people there. I mean, when you retire, when you are a player, you don't think, you know, the effort the fans put in there. I mean, something you should, no, you don't think, no, because you don't want to think, because, you know, you should concentrate on training, playing, and, you know, and something you, you feel the fans are, you know, they're angry, and something you, you go against the fans, because why they criticizing us and all that. I think when you retire and you start living outside football, you know, that bubble, and then you start seeing what the fans are like, you know, the effort they put to travel, you know, what someone is earning and how much is spending a month to like go and travel and support the team. So I think you take all this in consideration and you appreciate more, you respect people more, uh, the fans, I guess, in this in this case. Uh, so I'm thinking now, seven, seven and a half thousand there, uh, was, was it a weekend or was... Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. So it was just unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, what I mean, it's just like, um, you know, that well, that that's that's Sunderland fans for you. You know, they just, you know, they support you. You know, I mean, when we got relegated that season with the lowest points, you know, it's still like twenty, twenty something thousand there. Yeah. So thirty odd thousand there at the minute as well. Yeah. yeah. So you know, uh, good fans are you know are there when when things are are, are good and when things are bad, like friends, I guess. Have you, you know. ever been in an away end at Sunderland? With Sunderland? Yeah, with Newcastle. That was my only one. Which one I think which I'm going to retire undefeated. Uh, <laughs> we the beat them one nil. nil. Yeah, yeah, Alan Johnson is calling the last... Yeah, we're not, we're not say his name anymore. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, he shall not be named. Uh, no, no, that, that, that goal was just ten minutes. exciting Good goal. <laughs> Contra-attack as well. Uh, yeah. I was uh, I was on the high. And we were, we were the second best team all the way through as well, which is even Oh, sweeter. I disagree. We should have won that game. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, was, it was okay. It was Fletcher a good game. Uh, it was, wow. yeah, it was my first experience as a fan. I remember like it was early on the game. I think it was half 12. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I remember uh, my friend saying, well, we meet nine o'clock. I said, okay, are we having breakfast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they picked me up nine o'clock. Uh, so we went to a pub and he was like, I'm not having a beer here now. Nine o'clock in the morning. I said, no, no, no. Oh, come on. I said, no. And I, I stuck with my no. So I had breakfast. And then until half Even 10, we like went breakfast. to another one. And then they were pushing, pushing. At 11 o'clock, I was having pints. I was thinking, oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's the one I've, my mates were in the same pub we were in. And everyone was like, 
stood around and like I think it's after the game people were going like sing us a song Julio <laughs> yeah like, and then that happened like, no, this, that, was, <laughs> yeah, that was in the concourse that was that was in Newcastle in the yeah, stadium yeah, 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 yeah I remember yeah. it next to the window but you know what happened like I didn't know the songs I mean you heard a song but I didn't know and if you see the video one of my friends came <laughs> and tell me she was she just keeps she just starts saying something like this, he said, and he and he told me what to say. And I say, Well, and everyone will follow. And as soon as I say that, everyone should <laughs> be everywhere. It was like it was mental. Yeah, so that was an amazing we'll see if we can get a link to that video and we'll put it in the uh, the description yeah. I was about to say <laughs> yeah, we'll like... extend an invite a rope report away day. We should get you involved and you should go to one this year in League One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll you take should. you out. Can you yeah. talk to Plymouth? It's worth doing a three-day. I'm going to Plymouth. Plymouth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not to Plymouth. The shortest one, yeah. All of these, all of these local close-by away days. Now we're in League One. We'll go Plymouth. We'll go Plymouth. Yeah. Nah, we should do that though. Nah, I think it, was, it was good. It was good. You'll yeah. have to take a lot of selfies though if you do it. <laughs> That's all everyone will be doing. Well, seen we were at Cottonwood the weekend. We were like stuck near this. Some guy from like Love Island. Are the only way Texas or something? Is like a Southern fan. Yeah. And he went the game and like. Every two minutes, he was getting stopped to get like a selfie. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know who he was, but like people were like screaming, like, hey, it's him, it's him. I think, like, I mean, when I, was, when I was in the morning going to Newcastle, it was good because people were sober and this and that. <laughs> For after the game, it was just like non stop. <laughs> people on top of you and everyone happy, and you know, everyone was a bit drunk. So I had somebody yesterday go up to me and go, Are you Connor? From Rogue Report, and I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Will you stop fucking kissing George Honeyman's ass?" It's <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, mate, I'm just sharing my that opinion. Was a fun, yeah. yeah, it's just, just somebody who obviously just doesn't um, like doesn't him, write yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, it's like, ha ha. <laughs> so yeah, you get selfies. I get abused. That's fine. Um, just a few final uh, questions because I realise we've taken you up for about two hours. Sorry, but... Don't worry. Just, just enjoying the chat, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aidan Muaz asks, what are your favourite places to go in Sunderland apart from the Stadium Light and Rogue Report headquarters now? <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, I'd, I mean, I'd, I don't go much out uh, now. Um, go for meals with the family and things like that. Um, go to a restaurant called Angelos in town, uh, Italian restaurant. And and I used to go, I haven't been for a while now, called a restaurant called Romanos in Cleedon. Um, mm. That was the first restaurant I, I went when I came to England it's 18 years ago. Oh. And they're still there. Uh, the two brothers, well, it, I think they're four or five brothers. And yeah, nice place. Look after, you know, myself and, you know, just nice to take the family, comfortable, no one bother you, so... Well, they might now have mentioned it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there'll be loads of people just waiting. You've got to be policing to the restaurants as well. But uh, <laughs> nah, it's just, I mean, there's so many nice places in Sunderland, you know. Uh, Sunday, you just go to the sea and take the kids in there when the weather's okay, you know. It's just like. So three days a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, he's uh, he got options. Do, do you, I don't know, obviously you've made the Northeast your home, but do you, you know, embrace the rest of it? Do you go, you know, down to Yorkshire, up to Northumberland, Scotland? Yeah, we do. We do. When uh, well, now I have obviously more time off. Uh, yeah, we like York. I like York. York is a ro- lovely city. Uh, Manchester, when we come, Scotland as well. Yeah, I mean, you get a car, you drive anywhere. You know, a couple hours, uh, depending how far you want to go. Go Blythe, maybe. Everyone's fine. Oh. <laughs> uh, I haven't been there. Yeah, I've been to Blythe. Oh. Like, I don't think you've been to Blythe. Like, no, Fumbling, no. he's only going yeah, one way. Like, uh, never been to Blythe. No, Berwick. Been there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so, Represent Berwick. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, it's places I didn't know till 
couple of years ago. You know all the castles, Walkwest, uh, I've been, yes. Annex. I've been in the castles, yes. I've been many times with the family, friends. Every time someone come over, they've been there now. So every time yeah. someone comes, you want to go to a castle? Yes. So you take it to <laughs> the same castle. Uh, especially when you mention oh, Harry Potter film, been yeah, done there. Say, been at Durham as well. The yeah, yeah. That's where yeah. Harry Potter was filmed yeah. there. It's a lot of history around here. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's good. It's good. Uh, what do you make of the new ownership at Sunderland? Have you been tracking the events over the summer? Yes, I follow bits um, the things you say in the right things, and, and at the moment doing the right things. Uh, so that's what people like to see. Uh -huh. uh, you know, I guess if you wanna uh, simplify this, uh, time will tell. You know, we've been in this position before, uh, so but things are going in the right direction now. So that's why you wanna see you get the fans back. Uh, the team is is doing well. Uh, they got rid of you know some big big players with big wages, uh, so so yeah, it's it's good to have people uh, that is interested in looking after the clue, you know, uh, and take the clue in the right direction, I guess. Uh, Peter Hammond asked, "Now you got to answer this one, hundred percent. You got to answer this one. Uh, Let me hear it first. If you could play for yeah. one club out of Sunderland and Borough, who would it be? Uh, for anything." <laughs> I mean, this is a Sunderland. You have to be, you have to be realistic. Yeah. yeah, this is a Sunderland. You just like you could go, but you could only play for one of Sunderland or one of Middlesbrough, either of them. Oh, you put me in the spot. I mean, this is a Sunderland <laughs> podcast. How many Borough fans listen? I don't know, but an answer here yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I get, all, I get all the stick in the in Twitter. Yeah, so. uh, I always say like, and this is like how I because I get the question asked all the time. Oh, would you prefer Sunderland or Middlesbrough? And, or South Shields? I suppose we'll shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the thing is, it was different times because, like, Sunderland was the clue that gave me the opportunity to come to Europe. You know, I was the only clue that uh, saw me there and offered me as a young player to come here. I look, look after myself for six years while I was young player, immature in life and, and in football, and they, they look after me very well. Middlebrook was the, the other clue that gave me the opportunity to carry on playing in the Premier League when I was an experienced player, when Sunderland was in a big mess. And I was looking to get back in the Premier League. Middlebrook was that clue that showed interest. It was no one else apart from Middlebrook in England uh, that showed interest. So, so it's hard to pick one. I think it would it'd be, it'd be, it'd be no nice to say, well, prefer this or that, you know. At the end of the day, the two, the two clues helped me through my career, you know. Uh, you know, the connection with the fans uh, being good, probably a bit stronger in Sunderland than, than, than Middlebrook. Uh, realistically, because I still around here and you know, play for South Shields as well. I lost Sunderland fans. So, are you uh, surprised about how Sunderland fans still sort of, I don't know, just love Puduaga? I mean, do you surprised that people still have that relationship with you, even though it's, you know, it's now been 20 years since you signed? I don't think I ever realized how much uh, my name means for Sunderland fans, even now. You know, people saying, you know, you know what you've done, and, and thinking, well, yeah, I play for a team and, you know, I did the best I could, you know. <laughs> but obviously, I guess it's a lot more for some people, you know. And, uh, it, yeah, obviously, it's, it's great to, like, uh, to have that, uh, you know, the respect I get from the fans. Uh, uh, but I guess, you know, I always say when you come to a team like Sunderland, if you do well, if things go well for the team, uh, and if you give you 100%, people respect that. Mm -hmm. People, You can be a good player or a bad player, you know. 
Um, I remember playing with uh, Nairon Nosrli. Nairon, remember being Nairon? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He wasn't a great player, <laughs> but he was like he was he was technically not the best one. But he was he was hard work. He'll give you hundred for ten percent every game, and the fans like him. You know, they shine they yeah. shout his name, and you know, and he was like it was good, and so. That tell you, you know, you, you know, you can be Kevin Phillips or you can be someone else, and they still like, you know, if you do well, if you care about the club, then obviously you want to be remembered. In, in Shields as well, like I was walking, just walking the podcast. I was coming, I was, I was mentioning that we're doing the podcast with yourself the other day. There's a little lady who lives in my street. Okay, she hates football. She's yeah. got no idea about football. She's not a Southern <laughs> fan whatsoever, but she keeps an eye on Shields because she's from South Shields. Okay, and I mentioned oh, I've got a podcast, Julio Walker, and her reaction was like, oh, Julio. A lovely, lovely man. Oh, <laughs> and she has I, no idea about yeah. football whatsoever. <laughs> nah, <laughs> Just but, uh, the same thing happened in South Shields when I went there. The fans, I think, uh, there well, it wasn't many fans in there. Then the fans, some, you know, the majority went through the door. Now, obviously, it's a lot more. Uh, they they were expecting me to probably be, you know, like it happened before with some ex-footballers. Just be a bit lazy. Just be there for, you know. Uh, just to have a run around a little bit and one week in, one week out. But I talk seriously, you know, talking like very seriously, like I would probably talk when I was professional and things went well. What made you finish up this year? Was it the fact that went up to that next level? Do you think you couldn't have kept going? Yeah, the traveling. See, like some always that something I didn't even like was traveling in coaches. Uh, for yeah, some reason it's going to be like six hours some, uh, four, five even hours, when I was right. professional and we used to travel in coach I mean when when I first came to Sunderland we used to fly a lot and then 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 obviously when we got relegated then that was coaches everywhere you know so you could spend five six hours going to London and back and it was just it had to be done obviously because you got a contra and, and you know you can't just play at home yeah uh, and uh, and then last year without Shield we started travelling it wasn't that long, but it was three, four hours, you know. Uh, and and also, you know, having two young kids as well. You know, they were in school all day. I was working during the week. I didn't see them much apart from, I think it was Friday afternoon. And then Saturday I was away or playing at home. So it was only two days a week that I could spend with them. So they're only four and six at the moment. And, you know, it's like when they grow up, they don't want to know about you. So now is probably the time where... They want, they want to spend time with me now, yeah. you know. In, in five, six years' time, they probably say, oh, I've got my friends, I'll play PlayStation, I'll do this, I'll yeah. do that. So I saw three years, you know, if someone asked me three years ago, will you play, you know, three years of South Shield, I probably would say no, play one or two. Three years, they went, you know, con, you know, consequently really well, many titles. So, you know, it, it, the clue will always move on. It will not depend on one player, yeah. I always say. The fans and the clue will always stay there. Managers and players will come and go. So I don't mind seeing and then they carry on, they're top in the league. So, you know, they they keep doing their, their show over there. What, what's the future now for Julio Arga? Are you manager? Still just coaching? <laughs> uh, Sunday manager one day? <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't, I don't part of my coaching batches. I finished my B license a few years ago now. Uh, I got my 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 football academy is going on one in South Shields and one in uh, in in Sunderland with with my partner and um, and then uh, we'll see what things develop you know um, 
Would you be interested in managing? You know, if South Shield said, who did you want to come in? Yeah, in? I mean, at the, at the moment, no. If I have to be honest, uh, it's not something I look at. You know, dealing with first-team players is not as easy as people think it is, you know, um, especially in the in, in the highest level. You know, you, you have to deal with different egos, uh, different problems, different nations. Uh, it's, you know, being a, na- a, a manager is a, it's a 24-7 show. You know, people don't realise that. In the summer, you have to deal with all the transfers. So you never stop. You know, you, you, you need to like what you do. Like Guardiola was saying the other day, if you like what you do, then it's a it's a, it's a beautiful show. But if you find yourself like, this is quite stressful, then you're going to blow the stress yourself out big time because it's a, it's a hard show. And then the pressure of winning games, because now it's about winning games, you know. It's all about winning games now. If you don't win four or five games, then out you know so so no i i'm enjoying coaching the kids young kids trying to pass as much knowledge as i do you do anything for the football club Sunderland? no i was in Sunderland for two years yeah um it was strange because uh in it was good Sunderland academy they got some great coaches you know uh elliot has been there for 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 a long time uh shek magnami he was there uh but uh, it was just strange, different different ways uh, that things going here. And one of the strange things was in the academy, like I was coaching the 14 and 15s, um, and it was uh, that every every kid have to play the same amount of minutes in one season. So for me, it was like, well, so what's the compet- what is the competition here? Uh, yeah. So if you if you if I'm working harder than you during the week, uh, then we go and play. Then yes, I play sixty minutes and or, or fifty minutes, and you play thirty. But the next game you play more. So at the end of the season, everyone had to play the same time, and it was fourteen, fifteen year old. So it wasn't it wasn't right for me. I mean, I was I was uh, competing of my for my position when I was already ten. And that was something that they put in my mind, you know, your left backs, you always have two or three players in the same position. You have to do well during the week and train your hardest to play the game. If you know, then you don't play. But that's how you learn as well. When you when you know playing, you think you are done wrong. And that was one of the things that I find strange, but that's not something that Sunderland does. That's, uh, that's a, apparently the PFA or something like that. Uh, so it was strange for me that. And uh, no. It was a couple of other things that I didn't, probably because I'm from Argentina and different mentality and all that. I enjoyed my time. I learned as a coach with all the coaches because the coaches, as I said, they were really good. But uh, just a couple of things that I never got used to. And um, and then because time is well, I was playing for South Shields. I was working for Sandra. I was working uh, for my company as well, doing all this. So it was too much. So I had to really leave one of the things and I decided to leave Sandra. Final thing really is, is is this home now? Is the northeast home forever, or would you ever move back? Well, uh, uh, you know, yes, and and I don't know the future. Um, I'm you know, I'm 30, well, I'm gonna be 38 next year. Uh, I got my two young kids, my wife in here, but we got all our family over there in Argentina, so you know, something we find hard. You know, uh, yes, I got used to living here. I got used to the weather, the people, the language, and all that. 
but uh, it's just something you miss. I think when you get older as well, you miss your family a bit more. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, yeah, I missed them, but I was a young lad. And then, but I think you're getting older now and you don't know how your mom and dad are going to be here for, you know? Yeah. And uh, and you're here and they're there and we see each other probably once every two years. So it's, it's hard sometimes, you know? Uh, but, you know, uh, we've got family here. So at the moment, I would say, yes, this is my home. Next year, the year after, or in you 10 years' know. time, I, I don't know. I don't know. The, the last thing, actually, I have one final thing I forgot yeah. to ask about was Gareth Southgate yes. uh, did such a good job over the summer with England. Were you surprised to see him do so well? Obviously, he was the man who bought you at Middlesbrough as well. I think it's, um, it, was, uh, it was a risk he took to take young players, uh, players that not many people expected to have in the national team. You always think like we people complain, but they always have. Uh, this, they want the safety's names in there, like it used to happen before, you know, the Lampard, the Gerards, even if they don't play them well, you want to then in the national team, you know. Uh, I think was how great on he gone through the young players and and he gave them a chance. Uh, and I know what he's like as a person, he's a likable person, down to earth, you know, um, he's someone that uh, will speak to you, even, you know, outside the football pitch, you know. Uh, if you have to spend time with you, he'll go and speak to you. So he's a, he's a lovely guy, lovely guy. Uh, so no, I, I'm glad that things go well for him, you know, because, you know, the kind of person he is. And it's good that, because uh, I don't think it was many people believing him before no, the national team. I didn't. I, I, I could see that. I could feel that. It wasn't many people out there that believed that England was going to do well. I think it's a lot of people were expecting him to fail um, and it proved a lot of people wrong. And I think now, after the World Cup, you got a lot more fans uh, interested in international football. I think he put England back on the map now uh, yeah. after the World Cup because every international game now, I think it's a lot more fans saying when yeah. we're playing or who we're playing. And, and I think he got that. Yeah. He got that book back, don't you? This yeah. country, we are clubs, aren't yeah. we? We all love what clubs more so than why. Argentina is the same. Argentina, I think we are. England, see, England is winning that. Argentina, I think, is losing that now so mm. we're going the opposite way because Argentina we always expecting far too much and now we always expecting Messi to go and run past 10 players and score a winning goal a fantastic goal not a wild expectation though. yeah <laughs> and, it, and it's not happening and obviously he get criticised and you know the national team get criticised and the press over there is is quite intense so but yeah that's the way it is but uh, no I, I think he I think he'll do well, Southgate. He might be there for, for a good few years. I can see him be there for a good few years. Obviously, every time they play a tournament is pressure. But yeah. uh, I think after the last World Cup, he, he got a good found base in there for the next tournaments. Cool. OK, well, I think we're all finished up. Thanks, Julio, for giving me a, a large chunk of your Sunday afternoon. No problem. Uh, Thanks very much. I just want to say it's a privilege for me to share the room with you because you're always my favourite player. Thank you. <laughs> I was too, too young to enjoy Phillips and Quinn properly whereas you were just nicely in there when I was young the <laughs> yeah, yeah you were the same like, like first Sunderland kit with a number on the back was the 33 like so. yeah. 33 yeah. Oh. yeah I was always a big fan of never wanted to play left back like no, no. You right I, I always played left back but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was always a left back nah, I was always can't really say that's because of Arca, because you played left wing, so it's not like. <laughs> yeah, but everywhere, so yeah. But I always thought you was left wing. Yeah, I, I, if somebody said who do I? I'd say left midfield. I was I was striker when I when I first started playing football. I was striker. 
I used to play up front. Everyone does that. Everyone yeah, 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 everyone <laughs> plays. That's what I say to the kids. You know, when we put them in teams, sometimes we go do games. I say I put normally split them in three: striker, defenders, and, and midfields. And I always have like fifteen strikers, two defenders, <laughs> yeah. and then ten midfields. And I'm thinking, listen, I say like nothing wrong to be a defender. You know, if you're a defender, you probably have bad chances because no one wants to be a defender now. You know, you <laughs> yeah. could be a good defender. And, and the door probably will be more open than a striker because everyone want to be a striker, you know? Yeah. I used to be a striker. That's the mentality. You just want to score goals yeah, on yeah. you. As I said. James is a 10-minute man. Centre-back. I'm just a terrible footballer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to be a footballer. Uh, so thanks, guys, for coming in as well. Um, ah, no problem. Thanks for giving your, your Sunday afternoon. And Nichols, it's nice to see you on a Sunday. Bright eyes. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. nice fresh. to be fresh and yeah, fresh fine the for once. Nice little... Mid midweek mid uh, midweek midday mid kickoff makes it all better. I nice, fucked it right at the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got Tuesday. We've got Peter Bra. Uh, be an extra podcast this week. Last week it, it didn't happen because of Sorry. recording issues. And then we'll be back next weekend with Simon O'Rourke from ITV Tiny. Do you know Simon? Yes. Yeah, good guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I'm actually doing some stuff for ITV next week. So Ooh, yeah, nice. be posted on that. Um, so thanks to you again for coming on no problem thanks very much uh, you never know you might get a call from Sunderland if we keep getting injuries <laughs> could be a spot open yeah, on the way. I still, I'm still doing you know you play doing my runs and no I, I've been running a lot uh, lately I, I want to try to do a triathlon no way that's what I want to try to do that's the dream that's my next next I don't know if you have to do a full one or, or did you not different. play football at all anymore I haven't played football since I stopped playing for Shields. No, I just been on. The, I don't like a cycling charity for Sunderland Foundation in the summer. Oh. Uh, that was like uh, I don't know. I think it was two hundred and thirty miles. Chris Coleman was there as well. So, was oh, it that one? That one with uh, the managers and the who's out the uh, when their first team coach who's left. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was Coleman one. and no, they weren't there. <laughs> they were no, there. It was no, we went to great with the foundation was this one. Right. Uh, so they do that once a year. They go to a different country. So Marco Gaviadini normally do that yeah. for them, but he was he wasn't available, so they asked me. So that was good. Uh, it was hard, 250 miles in four days. Yeah, yeah. it sounds awful. It's but then uh, yeah, yeah, I like to just get, get in the morning, uh, go for a run, keep so myself fit. We get that rogue report play on the pitch at the end of the year, and I think you could be a secret weapon for our team. So yeah, we've got a player, J A. <laughs> call you J. There we all call you J. Let, let, let this yeah. grow, hair grow. J A on my face. Yeah, we're getting like a fake mustache with the, with the glasses. Yeah. yeah, might get away. I know yeah. one of my mates, uh, Newcastle fan, did the play on the pitch at St James's Park, and Kieran Dyer turned up and just absolutely rinsed them all. Apparently, he was awful. Did he not like break his hamstring? He was, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. I played with him a uh, charity game a few months ago. Yeah, he's uh, done well for himself. The contrast he have. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. He used to sign somewhere and then get his leg broken. Never his fault. <laughs> that was just the way it was. No, no, no. But you don't worry with his contract. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> okay, I went through a full thing. Not even, we didn't even mention the Alan Shearer tackle. So. Oh, God. There we are. So, do you, you it wasn't know? even a tackle. Uh, what happened was playing at home, we getting beat 2 3 0, I think. And uh, I think he was having his testimony like, four weeks after yeah. that game something like that it was just a ball basically um, uh, we just went for the same ball like a shoulder to shoulder I went one side went the other side land wrong wrong way 
knees, something twist or whatever. Uh, and that was it. He, Fisher came out, came in solid to see him and uh, he was out. He didn't look anything bad at that time. Um, but then obviously... Uh, Did he give I you think, any, like... No, 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 because he was he wasn't nothing nafty, not like I went after him yeah. and he smashed him, you know. Off he was, uh, no, 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 no. I, I, he didn't even say anything to me. Uh, and then he, he just he stand up and then he walk out and I think he done his meniscus, his cartilage. So he wasn't that bad. Uh, it's just something I done and then I got the blame. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got the blame for that. <laughs> so yeah. one positive from a very and then back. He, never and he couldn't even play his own testimonial. He came on, yeah, he came on, just got the penalty, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're quite painful then, then injuries. So and it take obviously longer than four weeks to recover. You know, yeah. my heart yeah. bleeds for him. <laughs> so <laughs> upset. <laughs> to be fair, he always overcompensates so much of the day though. Whenever someone run there, I always just think it was nice. Well, yeah, as a player, he was, was a good player. You know, can can take that away from him. You above know? average. <laughs> just about above average. He's not yeah. a snip on Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, Harry Kane's good. Anyway, we should really wrap this up. So thanks again, Julio. Thanks, James. Thanks, Chris. For the third time I've done that. And um, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.